Hey insiders, it's Michael. Before we get to today's episode, just wanted to let you guys know we had some slight technical issues for the first few minutes of the episode. The audio goes up and down a little bit, so I apologize for that. Uh, we tried to do the best that we could in post, but the information in there is so profound regarding women's football development in emerging countries and analysis of the modern goalkeeper that we felt we still needed to release this episode. We hope you enjoy it, and on with the show. Welcome to Inside the 18. I'm Michael Majid, live from Hollywood, California. With me, you know her as 99 World Cup winner, Suskia Weber. And joining us is somebody that Suskia, not only did she say we have to have Karina on the show, she said we must have Karina on the show. Uh, you guys know her. You guys love her. Canadian goalkeeping legend, now head of women's development for CONCACAF, the one and only KK herself, Karina LeBlanc. Karina, thank you for finding time. You literally are the busiest person I think I know. It was harder to get you on the show than Franz Hook. <laughs> no, I love Franz. And by oh, my the way, God. I love when, we, when I posted that you're coming on the show, I think it's like one of the only people that Franz like reacted to. Oh, I love him. Oh, <laughs> Oh my God, I love him. We met, we hit it off the first time we met and it's the GK union, you know, like I asked a question. He's like, who's this woman asking this question like right Saskia. now? You know, and that, then, uh, you know that I trained with him when I was 16 years old. I went to Holland. He's my first mentor, my first coach. Oh, uh, that's probably why he got along with me. Cause he's like, you're <laughs> crazy like her. I've, I've dealt with one of you before. What an, what an incredible man. That's so awesome that you had that training. It, it's a testament oh, yeah. to My parents yeah. were like, get over there. Go to the best. Holland. Saskia in Holland at age 16. Hey, Holland could have had me. I'm a dual citizenship. Too bad. <laughs> Do you see these eyes right now? <laughs> Just kidding. Sask is an angel. She's an angel. And she's wearing the Angel City. Hey, co-owner. Congratulations for that, too, by the way. You know what's funny? And thank you. And and like I said, Michael doesn't even need to be on this podcast. But um, <laughs> the funny thing is, is that when um, I got back into soccer because of you, um, because I was working what? I was working nightclubs. I was running the Abbey and stuff like that. And you were here in, West I remember in you. LA yes. and introduced me to Kelly and Parker and the Bulls. And they, they did it the right way. They slowly brought me, you want to come coach the kids one day a week, you know, like that. And that um, got me back out. It got me out of doing nightclubs back into coaching. And then now look, coach at UCLA. <laughs> Listen, you oh, know what? City. What? What? Karina. I would never say I, I, I would have to give my second act of my soccer career to you. Honestly, I'm goosebumps. Let me tell you this, because I just remember us. I mean, obviously connecting, and that's if we even have time to get to all our memories from playing. <laughs> but I just remember. And this no, is one of the Karina, things. you guys can literally just talk the whole time. I, we don't even have to follow the rundown. Sorry, like, that was, means nothing. Talking. 
Who's talking? I'm kidding, Mike. I I I, I joke. You thought you thought you were in with it with me, Mike? This is my alter ego. Do I have to like tag my hind raise or something? Okay, but I just remember having the conversation because I think one of the things about our generation of players is that we wanted to leave the game better than when we came into it, right? And the games changed our lives. And every single day, this is what I do. I tell people about the power of the game of soccer in young. Well, I can only speak for young girls because I'm only a young girl. But and the power that had in our lives. And I remember connecting with you. And it's one of those things where, like, I think all of us on this earth, we want to know why we're here on this earth. Right. And when you're an athlete, you know your why, you know, you go play the game, you know, you're inspiring people in the next generation, whatnot. And it's easy. And then you shift and then you're like, what is my purpose? What is my why? And for me, I had the privilege of becoming a UNICEF ambassador. And then I stayed in the game in different ways. But I remember a conversation where I was like, girl, like you've impacted this game so much. Like, you know, for me, I'm a black woman. I don't know if anybody knows that, but when I saw you running in your rainbow hair, like your red, white, and blue, and how old were you? Because let's be honest, you're, you're I was World Cup, and I don't want to age myself because I was helping. Sorry, my I sister. forgot Canada was in that world. Oh, yeah. oh, you're gonna go there. So <laughs> I remember seeing you, a black woman who has found her way to express herself doing what she loved, and she was living her why and her purpose. And I think our conversation was beautiful because I was like, girl, don't forget who you are. Don't forget all the things that made you. Don't forget why, how incredible you are and how much the game has done for you. Yeah. And like, for, so for me, I know we don't get to connect, but this is a testament that when you have a connection, you just do, because it's like we just talked yesterday. But it was like, go back to what uniquely brings yeah, faster on this earth. You and look that. at you. And look at me. Can look you, at you can you believe it? Yes. Yeah, you can. So <laughs> no, and you're right. And, and there was a point that you knew that I had retired from soccer and I wanted nothing to do with it because I was a little bitter about some stuff we'll talk about off air. And um I, but I also wanted to just see what else was out there and do other things. And uh, somehow I ended up running nightclubs, which nobody's surprised about. Nope. And, <laughs> hey, you hooked me up. So I don't even like, don't worry about don't it. Don't even happy. bring up, don't even bring up my party in Manhattan. <laughs> that was hey, it. Hey girl, what you doing? <laughs> my party, in, we can't, I can't, this isn't this podcast. So, um, so, uh, but you know, yeah, part having you in my life and stuff um, brought me back, and now I'm happy. I'm so proud of you. Look at you, and now you're doing things where young girls, women my age, men, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, look at what you do, and they say bravo. So yeah. bravo to you. Well, look at you. Congratulations with Paris. Oh, thank you. Paris, and why we? I know why. <laughs> Paris. <laughs> well, since we're talking about it, like so for the World Cup, um, I was privileged <laughs> enough to be with the Fox team. And so we were in Paris for 45 days. And I mean, the biggest World Cup, yeah, the baddest was... World Cup, the deepest World Cup. And it was it was a statement of the power of women in sports and the power of what we can, women can do. And uh, yeah, she was conceived there. Um, 
But most importantly, it's what it stands for, right? And it I'm like, stands I'm for. Like, was all that in your thought process during conception? <laughs> no, that's the thing. You're like, it's the biggest World Cup. It's the baddest World Cup. Yeah. Hey, you know, these these women, these they inspire you, as my husband said. Anyway, now let's let's stick to goalkeeping. Let's stick yes. to inside the eighteen. Okay. Oh, sorry. Hi, Mike. How you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm still I was totally just joking. I was, <laughs> no, I know. No, no, honestly, I, I will honestly say one of the things is that one of the most amazing things is that sometimes you can tell when somebody just has a wonderful energy about them immediately when you met them. The first time I met Karina was actually at the, um, I think it was at the total 90, I think after party at MLS all-star yeah. in, Orla- in Orlando, yeah. you know, and Miguel Gallardo is like, Oh, yeah. he's like, I'm going to go hang. He's, he's like, Oh, Oh, Karina LeBlanc's over there. I'm like, I'm like, oh my god! I loved what she was doing with uh, all, the, all, all the analysis that she was doing on um, for Foxes. She's like, oh, do you want to go meet her? And uh, in between all the dancing that was going on, you were much, very, very willing to meet, very willing to meet me. <laughs> um, but just the energy that you had, the passion that you had, was just absolutely phenomenal and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And you know, I know it's taken a while for us, for us all to connect on, on the air and everything. Like that. And at the time, Suskia wasn't even, uh, uh, even a part of this. This was just a very kind of just kind of just starting out and yeah in they brought the in the heavy process, hitter brought in the heavy hitter later on but, KK just just to tell you because this this show is going to be four hours um this uh the uh the um the, the way that Suski actually ended up on the show was she came on as a guest and then afterwards she was yeah. like hey she's like hey this she's like fine. can I come back next week we're like, hey, it was basically your show. So <laughs> and then she, I, then took, she came, I took over. <laughs> she came back That's the week after. Yeah. She came That's back the we week did. after that and she was like, Oh my god, that was so much fun. She's like, Can I, can I come back next week? Yeah. And I, after like three times, we're like, Do you want to just be on the show? And she's like, Yes, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Honestly. So. I love her because that's what she does. Honestly, but why not, right? It, it, yeah. Can, can this be a lesson for whoever's watching this show? If, especially as a goalkeeper, like we're brave enough to do things that few can do, but just be brave enough to ask. I think it, as let me, it's as women, we don't step up and say we deserve and we can do this. And can I just do this? Because again, Mike, it's about people opening up the doors for others. And yeah. she dared to ask, and you're like, heck yeah! And it's only just made it better. And it's almost like a testament of where culturally we we need I'm to go and. Yeah, no, no, scared. No, I mean, I was like, hey, can I come? I want to come on all the time. You know, one, 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 of, one of the really impressive things, and then, then we'll kind of get into the topics and everything like that, KK, is that a lot of young women, young men, whenever they come on the show, you know, first off, we're very humbled the fact that like so many pros watch the show, you know, and listen to the podcast and everything like that. Like that means a lot to us when we reach out to people and they're like, yeah, of course I want to be on the show. I, I will listen to the show, but they say how inspirational they, when they come on and a lot of them will even say it on the air. They'll say, you know, Hey, Saskia, I remember you with the red, white, and blue hair. You know, that was one of my first soccer memories, you know, growing up as a kid, you know, coming in, you know, uh, coming into the game, I mean, especially if you're talking about, you know, the, the young pros now, you know, 23, 24, 25, you know, totally. this is literally one of that 99ers team really is the first major sporting event that they remember that made them go, Oh my gosh, this is a thing I could do for a living, regardless of gender, regardless mm-hmm. of gender, you know? And I think that's, what's so impressive and the power of the 99ers and, 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 and all, and just Saski in general, in regards to just her energy and everything like that is that nobody ever says like, Oh, that's, 
that was a women's soccer team or like, oh, I remember that women's team or whatever. No, mm-hmm. they, they come on and they're like, you know what? Your team inspired so many kids mm-hmm. to continue into the game, you know? Yeah, and, I, mean, and- I always like it that it's, it's like those places – I'm not like patting myself on the back. You know me, you know that yeah. I'm, I'm very humble and stuff, but I always like that. It's like one of those things, like, do you remember where you were? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like one of those things in history, like, do you remember mm-hmm. where you were? Like, and totally. that's cool. And it, it, it's not that it was a women's game or this, it, do you remember where you were? And they won the world cup and PKs and I get so many stories and, and that's awesome. You know, and I love that. No. Let me add to that too, though. But I mean, you talk about the next generation. I like, I was, I played in that World Cup, right? There was another goalkeeper that played. That was <laughs> my first World Cup. And that generation was impacted. But here I am as a competitor. I was cheering for US, like you would have, like, I was in, like, I was part of that because I was, yeah. like, it was so important to me as a player. And I was like, this is huge because at that point, up until that point, I played for my country and, and I had a lot of honor in playing for my country. But where you think of a life and whatnot, a lifetime, this could be a job. That was not even a reality. Yeah, it, so wasn't, that, it wasn't in your wheelhouse oh, at all. So that, that, that World Cup and that final game and that goal, like that was like <laughs> the eruption was like, this could be a life. Yeah. And so and, and you and you've taken it and run with it. Yeah, By the way, really quick, Shannon Gordon, KK, she's saying hi. Hi uh, grandma. <laughs> hi grandma. Woo! Cry. Hi grandma, ugly cry. Ugly cry, grandma. And she hasn't even seen it, Shannon, but we had that story before we went. Oh, I know. And it's an ugly cry, and I'm so sending her that video. Um oh, we got it. 16 weeks uh, to the little baby, the little baby girl. <gasps> yes baby girl future baby girl. goalkeeper i with my baby girl parents i've already given her a soccer ball a small ball and she's like holding it and let me warn you like so my husband was a player he also played for canada as, as well but he was Sorry. an outside back so <laughs> i'm just gonna let them like fly by with all these birds. <laughs> so he was an outside back but guess what i was like no she's gonna be a goalie and everyone's like no and i'm like do you understand the geniusness that makes her do you understand how she'll be prepared for life? Like Absolutely. every goalkeeper shaking their head right now because we're not crazy. We're geniuses. Like nobody else can step into our position and perform. And I not can have go up top. Therapy. No, exactly. <laughs> I can go up top and score a goal. Like put the ball there. <laughs> I was doing some power diving today, which I never do in training. I never do, but I was just trying to engage the goalkeepers and stuff. And listen, I. I'm not a big power diving trainer uh, or coach. And they're like, we love it. And I'm like, um, man, we have issues. I was like, yeah. I'm like, goalkeepers have issues. I'm like telling you to fly to the upper 90 and a full sprint and everything just to engage those muscles. And you're like, it. yeah. And I'm like, what is wrong? I was like, talk to me in 15 years when you're like, when you have a, your sciatica is acting up. Yeah. <laughs> you did the dive. Sorry, Mike. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Guys, keep going. I, I was just going to say, I was going to try to segue into kind of the whole thing because I think it's really fascinating. The fact is, you know, kind of the topic that we want to kind of tr- cover today is, you know, goalkeepers transitioning, you know, onto the other side of the pitch. But the thing about you, Karina, is that you're you're not just on the other side of the pitch. You're on it. You're, you're everywhere. You're literally... <laughs> 
and I think that's the modern, I think kind of like, that's kind of like the new, the new trend is that like former players are becoming multi hyphen. Like they're not just now coaches and now just front office or now just ambassadors or now just analysts, you know, they're kind of doing the whole shebang, you know, hosting podcasts, owning teams, you know, coaching at, you know, prestigious universities, you know, they're kind of doing everything. They're not being pigeonholed oh, into, we're, we're, into wow, one sort of thing. Ego is getting stroked today. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling good. Well, you know, that, that's good. good. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but the thing that I think I really want to bring up though, is because I think, the number one role that I think is absolutely so fascinating, I think a lot of people here who are watching want to know a little bit more about is kind of like football development, because I think as goalkeepers personally, I think we're so we're we see the game in such a different way. We have such a different point of view, you know, and maybe for some of the people out there who are not familiar with kind of like what we mean by football development, can you kind of describe it in your own words? Oh, well, you just asked like five questions there. So I'll go to the only one you asked. Welcome. Um, <laughs> no, I think one of the things, um, can I touch on the other, all the other ones about the transition? And post? Okay. So yeah. I think one of the things that every athlete goes to, because again, we're used to a structured life, right? We're sadly, if you make it to the highest level, like your life is planned for you. You're focused on one thing and that's being the best version of yourself in that position that you can be. So when you take that away, and I'll never forget it, it's just like I was actually just shaking my hand and I'm like, I'm Karina LeBlanc, not the Olympian, not the soccer player, not, you know what I mean? It's just blank. And that blank is scary, right? And this is also something we're having at the conversation at the CONCACAF level, at the global level, is how do we help athletes transition easier and better? So you know, from I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interject really quick with this. This is something that I've been bringing up nonstop. I brought it up with the Players Association and stuff like that. And when everybody asks me what the hardest thing about um, – what's the hardest thing that you've had to deal with with soccer? And it's like, why? It's like retiring. Mm-hmm. And everybody looked at me and I said, you, you don't understand. And mm-hmm. I'm like, when you're at that elite level, when you're at the top, when you've, when you've won everything, when you've done anything – there's a lot of facets to retiring. It's not, you don't just retire yourself. You retire your family. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you have to go through what they're dealing with. And they uh, emotionally go through your retirement. Oh, and too, they go right? through it. And they go like, through it. Absolutely. All the shoe deals are no longer there. So you guys don't yeah, get there's Christmas not Nike under the Christmas tree like <laughs> every, every Christmas. But, um, but you know, they go through that too, as well as, um, you know, there is post-Olympic stress syndrome is reality. And I went through it hardcore and I still battle with it. And you look at like Michael Phelps and people like that, that that's something that has to be identified. It's not like, Hey, here's your Jersey and thanks. And I'm going to, you know, retire you and well done, you know, Christine Lilly or well done, Saskia Weber, well done, Karina LeBlanc. Okay. Peace. You know, what the hell do you do then? And in that sense of, emptiness is is something that has to be identified and dealt with from all federations and for CONCACAF and for everybody like it's it's a serious issue sorry it's a a serious issue and and people at home who are watching or listening to this you don't even have to be a goalkeeper to understand it or a player Mm -hmm. because we all go through transitions we're going through one right now but the thing is it's like at the core of who you are to Saskia's point you lose it because you're no longer training. Like I remember, I'm gonna, it sounds silly. I remember four days, I retired after our home world cup in Canada. And four days after I went to the gym and I was like, what do I do? 
I didn't have a program, right? That's why I started laughing. I was like, oh, not the gym. <laughs> because I was like, and then I saw somebody on the treadmill walking and reading a book. And I was like, I can't <laughs> like, do that. How do you, how do you, <laughs> And then I saw like, and but I was no longer training to be the fastest or the strongest. Yeah, but you I don't know just, how not to. So you're like, no. you don't. There's no, there's no middle there's, ground. Yeah, and there's you're no like, switch. You're like, you're like I don't. What, what is that? Walking and reading a book on the treadmill, and then there's a person, now that's what I do. There's a person next to you <laughs> running on the treadmill, and yeah. you're like, well, I gotta run as fast as he does, yeah. as well as it's, too. And there is no, there's no transition. There's no like, how do you, how do you go from training to be the best in the world all the time, every time you wake up, to all of a sudden being like, you can go for a jog. But the one thing too, <laughs> I would say though, is what helped me. I think is I started, and it's it's a heavy conversation to say to a current athlete, but I started thinking about it like three years before, right? And it's because you saw me. <laughs> You're like, oh shit, I gotta I gotta make sure that I'm not as stressed idiot. out as Saskia. You're an idiot. Oh, you uh, did so hold on, Sask. You ended up you ended up highfalutin and you know running all over the place, you know, hosting I that TV show. Nightclubs. You had a lot going let's, on. Let's and, get dig we won't dig deeper into that. Listen, all of it led you to who you are today. <laughs> Look at it that way. But I think for anybody listening, the most important thing is that like, like for me, I, my biggest thing is I ended up connecting to, I know it sounds super corny, but I ended up kept connecting to my why beyond me as a footballer. Sorry, as a soccer player. Um, we call it football because CONCACAF, those of you who don't know, it's 41 countries, North America, Central America, and all the Caribbean countries. And football is what the world calls it. But I ended up connecting to that by going on a trip with UNICEF in, in Honduras, which changed my life because I saw the power of dropping a ball and I had this aha moment. And I think for anybody, and, and I know a lot of the listeners here are probably current players, right? And it's not to freak you out, but I think you need to ask yourself, like, what do I uniquely bring to this world that makes me a good footballer or soccer player, but I can take anywhere. And it's the, Things that we learn, like Saskia and I, like every time we talk, like we learned how to communicate to anybody. Think about it. We have to communicate to everybody in front of us and get them to do things so that we'd have to do nothing. And we can look at it that way. But <laughs> it's but true. The best save we, a goalkeeper make is no save at all. Exactly. <laughs> so we found like it's all these assets that we learned through the position that we have to learn to own that and take that into the real world and realize that what we've learned puts us, and it's not an egotistical thing, it puts us in a different category and we need to own that category and walk in it with strength. So, yeah. And on the development side, listen, football development is so complicated. Um, you would need, but from, from my perspective, I, the simplest way to say it is we want to show how a, a soccer ball can change the life of a young girl. I, 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 sorry. I absolutely love that. And, and I think after having Gabby on, um, the other day and just like the, her experiences in Argentina, when she went to play for the, you know, in Argentina for the Argentinian national team and just, you know, we're still battling like, you know, equality and, and, and just getting, getting that, that dream into the minds of people that actually want to dream it. And, and, mm -hmm. you know, you know, you can go from such 
privilege in a sense. And KK, you were there with us. Like we, you, you know, we didn't, this isn't where we came from. Like we came no. from wearing men's uniforms and being happy if you went home with a t-shirt and some per diem. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, sweet, I got per diem. I'm not eating, I'm keeping it. I'm like, by the time I leave, that's like a hundred bucks. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to the mall. Yeah, exactly. That's how we learned our math. 10 days, 10 camp. <laughs> I'm like, wait, like I'm rich. I got a t-shirt. I got a new pair of sneakers. Like, you know, we've all, we've been there. Not, you know, and so I think, you know, remembering, I think the biggest thing, I think there was a time and space with, I would say U.S. soccer, because I'm not going to speak for Canada. Um, Although I know I was actually going to tease you and say, like, that's U.S. soccer. You guys had that per diem and all those benefits. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to speak from Canada. But you won World Cup, so it's, it's, it's warranted. <laughs> you got close. So I think um, I think there was a time in there that I think people forgot it. And I think that's mm-hmm. why the U.S. took 15 years to win another World Cup. And I'm not calling people spoiled. And if I do, you can send me hate mail. I really don't care because I've won a World Cup and I don't care what you say. Um, but I... I think that that is why, and I think that the the team now, there are entities on that team now that get it, and that's mm-hmm. why. And like you know, the Sour Bruns and people like that, like they get it. And mm-hmm. I think that you know that that brings it back. They get the fight. They get that that fight started. That's fight started in the '80s, man. Mm-hmm. Like you know, long before anything, and so the transition and the, the the growth of women's soccer and the growth of soccer period, you know, we can get down to tactical and technical, and the size of these girls blows me away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're all like five nine and above. It's like, but that's the thing because <laughs> if you think about it, and again, what ninety nine did is it inspired a world of young girls to say, that's what I want to do. Instead of playing right? other sports. Instead of playing other sports. And, and to your point is other countries started to invest. And this Absolutely. country saw, listen, if I invest a little bit, the return on investment is so much bigger. And I'm not talking dollars and cents. I'm talking about young girls. And as we see the study show, girls who play sports and have a CEOs and, you know, they end up doing so many more things. So the eyes got open out of leadership to say, listen, let me invest more into this woman's game because guess what's possible? And the what's possible became World Cup champions for other countries, right? Became oh, Olympic champions, you know, and to the point of development, it's, it's exciting. And, and watch the last World Cup, what the American team did is phenomenal. But the result of that is that more countries are going to want to do it. If I look at a Jamaica from our region, right? Jamaica qualified. All of a sudden, in all of our Caribbean countries, you have to see it to believe it. They see a black girl from a small island like them playing on that big stage. They may have only scored one goal, but you know the wins they that had in that awesome goal. And who wasn't cheering for that man? Exactly. Who wasn't cheering for that. I started crying when they scored that goal. Exactly. But again, the power of the game, right? Like sometimes, and I think for me in my position, it's interesting because sometimes we see the North America perspective of it, right? Of what we have. 
But then and you can what travel? can I get from it? it? It turned into a very selfish part. It's like, well, can I go pro? I don't have to go to college. I'm going to go pro. Like, what kind of money can I make? What? And I get that. That's that's the evolution of being a pro, pro athlete. And that's the evolution of it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. At the same time, we have to remember that that little kid with the big eyes in a, on Jamaica, on the island, mm-hmm. just wants to, to have cleats and a soccer ball and be allowed to play. Absolutely. So, so there's such a... And that doesn't exist that much with the men. It really, it doesn't exist with the men anymore. Like, it's it. There's such a exactly. There's such yeah. A it's like Ronaldo or Messi. But honestly, we have a couple programs where honestly, it's it's girls who've never played before, and we go to the field, and we bring 150 girls in from the country that day, and they're nervous. They're like, oh my god, like what is this? I've never even played the sport before. By the end of the day, they're crying, they're jumping, they're screaming, they're confident. And they're like, this is the best day of my life. And why? Because we brought a ball and we dropped it and we allowed them to play and we allowed them to feel valued and connected. And I think that's the power of a team sport, right? Is you're connected with other people on something bigger than yourself, whether it's the result or just the fact of playing and having oranges at halftime. You're connected on something. I used to be the shyest kid in the world. Nobody ever believes this. until I know. Now now every parent's going to be like, my daughter cannot be true. Because that's not. (laughs) You weren't shy? I was shy. Come on, Jersey. I don't know. I have to ask Wilhelmina and Travis, but I don't think it was ever shy. In Princeton, New Jersey, you weren't shy? (laughs) See, you scare me. (laughs) I know too much. You know too much. I, I want to. I do want to bring up one thing right now, though. Just oh, Mike's listen, here. Li- listening to <laughs> Mike, bring this back. He's like, listen, guys. Listen, listening okay. to you guys talk about this, though, Karina. One thing I, I honestly never even thought about is like because I think one one of the problems sometimes is like when we're doing a show like this or we're so you know involved in this world. You know, mm-hmm. when I think of football development, I'm just thinking about the nuts and bolts and I'm thinking about like technical development, tactical development, like, you know, reaching for tangible goals, like winning World Cups or like, you know, con- you know, qualifying, you know, for CONCACAF championships and, you know, moving on and th- those sorts of things. I never even think about the fact that football development really can be about the human development and Absolutely. what football can bring to the community, which is so Absolutely. much and more th- important now yeah. when I think about it. And like Karina, you brought up a great point. Like, and and those statistics are across the board with every sport. When women get involved in sports, like, sorry, I'm going to be blunt about this, but teen pregnancy goes down. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and all these things, like graduation graduation yeah. rates go up, um, college tuition, like college and like admissions go up, and everything because it, it 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 promotes that positive mentality and that I can do anything mentality. And it doesn't mean that you're you have to go into soccer or lacrosse mm-hmm. or swimming to win a world cup it means it it promotes confidence and power let me tell you i'll tell you my 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 life changing story um it, it goes back to before i retired when you I met me traveled, yes <laughs> that, sorry that's it sorry <laughs> that was it i got nothing else uh, <laughs> So my second most impactful story uh, actually came when I went to Honduras and I was with UNICEF. I had the honor of being, I have the honor of being a UNICEF ambassador. And I went to a small town. And when I landed to Unif- uh, into Honduras that day, I remember the debriefing was like, there's 44 deaths tonight in the city, you know, and all these things. And I'm Canadian guys. So 44 deaths, I'm like, what? 
this is a big deal. <laughs> but they travel, we, we go into this small town, dirt gravel road, where you, we all would be like, we're just going to talk today. And on the other side are 13 and 14 year old girls putting down their babies. Okay. You only know what you know. You only know what you know. And it's not for me to judge or anything. So I get out of my car and I see these girls sprinting across, right? They've never seen me play in a World Cup in the Olympic Games. It's the fact that I showed up. And this is such an important lesson about showing up for people in life. So I'm sitting there and I, they've had me done so many political things and everything because it's about like educating them on HIV and all these real topics that, again, we don't necessarily have to deal with on a daily basis. And I start jumping up and they're like, you're going to throw a, a little camp. And I'm like, all these young girls, okay, just me. And I'm like trying to do things. And right away, I noticed five gray jerseys. And I'm like, and they're like, Miss LeBlanc, what's wrong? I go, where'd these jerseys come from? Because asking, you know, it takes a lot to throw me off. And I'm like, so the coach comes and he's like, uh, Miss LeBlanc, what's wrong? I'm like, where'd these jerseys come from? They have little holes in them and stuff. And he's like, it came from a Canadian years ago. What's the problem? Those gray jerseys, I'm in the middle of Honduras, were the first ever club I'd played for as a young girl in Canada. What? What? And it hit me. I was doing exactly what I was meant to be doing with the people I was meant to be. And this is where I say the game teaches you so much more. But the power of the game is beyond the wins and the losses, right? It's so much greater than that. We drop the ball. These girls are screaming, jumping. And then after, we are able to sit them down and talk to them about real-life issues that impact them. Real-life issues, to your point, that can make grades better to get them the power of the voice, the confidence. And this is what the game does, especially for young girls around this world. I know in Canada and the U.S., it's sometimes, sometimes it's too driven on the wins and the losses in the World Cup. And trust me, Saskia and I are very proud to say that we've been in that 0.005%. But most of the world, it's not about that. And it's almost shifting. Like in our region, like sometimes I'm having conversations where like, well, what's the power of the game? Because they don't get to turn on the TV and see the U.S. women okay. win the World Cup. But the power of the game is the voices of these women. That makes the news. And then all of a sudden, in a small country, a parent sees this and says, wait, if my daughter plays soccer, she'll be that confident? Or, you know, I may go talk and they're like, you play, is that where your confidence comes? Yeah, it came from the power of this game. So to your point of development, my job is not just to help grow women's football so we have one, two, three, four, five in the world rankings. Trust me, we want that. But it's also to get as many girls to understand the value of themselves through the sport and see how great they are by playing the sport. I'm so proud of you. I mean, I mean, I mean that, that's absolutely, that's absolutely phenomenal. I mean, you know, that's and true. And, and I, but I think that that's what I try to, I've tried to say to you so many times. I think that, you know, that was something that Karina knows that like the U the U S team, the 99ers, everybody's always been a part of. And I think mm -hmm. that it was obvious when that was lost, yeah. that mentality was lost for a while. And, um, 
and you know it's slowly coming back but it, it's obvious you know we've always been about like empowering women and empowering ourselves and and it has nothing to do with the wins and losses. It has nothing to do with soccer. It has nothing to do with the World Cup. It has to do with your own personal confidence and um, knowing that you can do anything. That's and honestly, to your point, Saskia, anybody listening to this right now, take the lesson of that, is that like we're all here for something bigger than ourselves, first and foremost. And when you actually get that, that's when you start actually living a life. And to your point, that's why Saskia, you probably feel so much more alive now because we're we're here for not for ourselves, right? Like it's like great, like <laughs> you've won these all these things. What? How important is it to be at home and a chest or and holding all that stuff in? It's like all the things we've learned. Whether you end up playing high school soccer and your career ends there. You as a human being don't end there. You're just beginning. It's what we learn from the yeah, game. Yeah, and that's the truth. And the, the greatest gift I've ever gotten isn't isn't a trophy on the shelf or medals behind me or anything. The greatest gift I've ever gotten is being me, able to meeting talk. me, meeting me. Go ahead. As, yeah, yes, meeting Karina. <laughs> Absolutely. And knowing the Canadian. But you're second. And knowing the Canadian national anthem. Okay. Um, you're second. Sorry. I've heard it so many times when oh, that, you know, the flag came up second on the podium. Um, so it is actually. It, There's it, a bad I, connection here. You, a bad <laughs> you actually made me lose my train of thought. But the greatest gift is not those things. And you can always ask me. It's actually being able to reach out and cha- and talk to yeah. people and, and, and communicate and change little girls' lives, little boys' lives. Um, uh, and everything. Those are the greatest gifts out of this. Not, not, you know, yes, the medals like move that into, make it possible, you know, make it possible for me to reach more people. And I, and I'm incredibly like honored for that, but what am I going to do with it? And that's the, Mm -hmm. that's the question. Like, you know, I can, I can be a total jackass and I can be like, yeah, I won world cups and also, ah, and I don't give a shit about anybody. But the truth of the matter is that's not why I was put on this earth. And I've told everybody that, you know, any athlete that tells you that they, you know, they love being an athlete, but they're not a role model is an asshole. Oh, I don't get that at all. I don't get that at all. You got little, little kids looking up to you wearing your jersey. You're going to tell me you're not a role model. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Like my greatest fear on this earth and I'm a spiritual person, but is to not live a life that I was meant to live and an impact who was meant to impact in my time on this Mm. earth. That's my greatest fear. Like, and if you, if you, if you think about it like that, like being a role model, what an honor, right? What an honor. What an honor. On you're any level. Say, like even oh. you, Mike, like what an honor on every level. We have a platform. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do with it? Yeah. You know? I mean, look, I mean, uh, I mean I'm mean, i kind of a, uh, hold on. I'm, I'm sorry. I lost for words as a, as a text comes through from somebody who was asking me if I've read their screenplay yet. So I'm very much a role model. People are very interested in what I have to say about their career, their, their journeys when it comes to, to, to the arts. Um, I, I, want, I want to pivot. I want to, I want to pivot real quickly. Cause I want to talk to some goalkeeping stuff and, oh, yeah, and, and Karina, you do analysis. And I think, you know, one of the cool things is especially and, and Suskia, you know, she really attests for this as well, too. You know, as, when she came on back on the show and everything like that, it's just, you know, how much the positions changed in the last 20 years or so, you know, um, and, and, and just how 
playing during that time period and then also you kind of kind of you know being at the at the kind of the tail end of your career was kind of when the modern goalkeeper started to becoming kind of the the, the thing the the norm the I, was last week. I was at the tail end okay tail end. I'm okay kidding. fine you know what mike was, he was in her heyday she stuck around for like 15 more years <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Oh. We're, we're, we're well, you know, the thing is, this, if you go on Y Scout, you can still find Karina on there. Like, they're just like waiting a, for you to yeah, come back I'm on the team. I'm not even on so, Y Scout. I'm on the eight track. Um, or eight millimeter. I'm on eight millimeter. So, <laughs> no, it's just videos. Um, no, but the point being is that I think it's a good question to ask you, Karina, because you, yes, I was more at the tail end of my career um, after 99 and stuff, where you were kind of in the middle and in the you know, your heyday in the beginning. And you've kind of seen that trans- transition more oh, as yeah. a player. And now, you know, as an analyst and everything um, for Fox and stuff. And so I think that like, what have you seen? I mean, I know what I've seen because like I went, I took a like 16 year hiatus and I came back. I'm like, what? <laughs> so <laughs> I'll say one thing that's stay consistent is goalkeepers don't get enough respect. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> Listen, I, towards, like, in the 1990s, when, like, the goalkeeper lure was the last line of defense, right? And all of a sudden, it switched to the first line of the offense. And I mean it. And it's, it's like, we used to be able to pick up the ball, right? <laughs> Back pass. Like, like I, I was like, okay, pick up the ball. And all of a sudden, you have to use your feet. And then now, the game's like, literally, the goalkeeper does the sessions with the players apart from a additional, and I remember it because I mean, our trainings just changed, like changed drastically. Like it literally was, I remember by the end of my career, we would get there before the team to do Mm -hmm. the goalkeeping training. We will train the entire time with the team because again, the goalkeepers weren't like, okay, go train for an hour and then come back and we'll do some shooting. It was, we were incorporated into the full practice and you were expected to make that 30 yard ping with your left foot. I mean, I was right footed to the outside back that's going on the run. So the amount of time and detail and attention that I remember I had to put into my game and transitioning was no longer about like to the point of like, let's be explosive and stuff like that. It was like, realistically, I remember having this conversation because we used to just hammer, like my old time coaches would be like, okay, just like hammer, like you burn like 2000 calories in a, in a training session. But then all of a sudden it was just, okay, you're likely only going to have to make three back-to-back saves, right? So let's train for that. But a majority of what you're going to be doing is so much more. So let's start to train for this. And it's the shift. It's the mental shift. It was all of it. And, and um, yeah, it, 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 the game's completely shifted. But it's so beautiful to watch. Because yeah. I remember just, like, watching Neuer, like – at the beginning, he was like an anomaly, right? Like, it was like, how is he doing this? And yeah. now it's expected. Yeah, and I think that I missed that shift, <laughs> <laughs> which I have no problem. But I was always like an offensive-minded um, goalkeeper anyway. Like, mm-hmm. I was always looking to ping the ball up to the, ni- up to the nine, or I was always looking to find uh, Christine Lilly outside or something like that and bypass, you know, the, def- the um, their attacking line, the fence, and – everything and so that was always my mentality i love myself some small-sided games and everything because i just bypass anybody threw a ball and mia would score and that was good <laughs> i hate going against saskia um but um 
but yeah, like I missed that major shift and transition. And even for me coming back as a coach and having to, and, and having to realize how much I have to incorporate, you know, going from my training thought process and regimen and really learning from like mm-hmm. Michael Omar and people like that from France, how I have to incorporate so much distribution, totally. so much confidence with your feet to the point that I always make sure my goalkeepers are in rondos and everything like that, because their team has to feel comfortable passing the ball to them. So that's a good mm-hmm. way to get them comfortable, but too, you've got to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to see the way these girls can ping a ball, man. Oh. I mean, I, all I needed Phenomenal. to do was take a goal kick. I know. I know. <laughs> well, like, no, honestly, I, mean, I-, I got in trouble because like, <laughs> honestly, when I was watching the world cup, I would be like, I was like, what a diag. And they'd be like, what? I'm like, that's a hard diag to hit, guys. What? No, it's not. You're supposed. I'm like, no, they're goalkeepers. Remember, like. <laughs> yeah, and you don't really, like like the balls that like Lauren can ping for UCLA. Like they, I'm like, wow. Yeah. Like she can impressive. put it on the money as if she was, you know. The it's expected now, though, right? Yeah. It's yeah. expected. But I'm like, can we give kudos to it? You know what I'm I mean? Like, wow. But well, but I mean, like, but I, th- but I think that wow. is the, that is the thing too. It's like, for instance, like I, I just want to bring up like just a qu- you know quip of the other K, you know, it. and by the way, this is no disrespect to like Steph or Sabrina or any of the other Canadian keepers. It's just, I only had 30 <laughs> seconds to find one, one clip. Um, so now anyway, to, Caitlin Sheridan's amazing. Phenomenal. With her feet. She's so her feet. good with her feet. It's ridiculous. And I then, taught her all she knows. I taught her all she knows. Ask her. I'm kidding. First off, we are on the show. Yeah. We love Caitlin. I mean, she, we, she's, yeah, she's the best. She's but anyway, Canadian. she's a Canadian goalie guy, guys. What I know, expect? I know, you Canadians. <laughs> we have Canadians all the time. We had Devin on a couple oh, weeks ago. Man. Like we always have Canadians uh, on. We had Steph on. Yeah. Our so. <laughs> anyway, um, but but it all starts with the prep touch here, and I think that's that's the thing that I, I think a lot of you know young goalkeepers, you know, uh, KK when they when they when they see these types of clips, I think it's important when you guys as an at- analysts are, are there who actually were goalkeepers and and know the position to be like, mm-hmm. hey, it's not just about the final action here; it's it's that prep touch mm-hmm. where she saw the chase coming right there, and then back in the day, you know this, Karina, this used to be that's a, that was a miss hit. But that was an yeah. intentional ball on her part, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. the, the, the discipline, the discipline and also the the skill set to be able to find that kind of ball and to not have the fear of playing that type of ball. I think that's what's so phenomenal about, about, about the young players today. And you I know, think that, it, that that's absolutely when we went over this today, actually, at practice at UCLA and. You know, but it's also that sheer understanding of when to bypass that, you know, their attacking line and your first line, your your defensive Boom. third line and, and understanding short, short, when to pass, when to have the confidence to ping that ball up into the midfield, um, when to know, when to clear. But she takes that touch, that prep touch wide because she also knows who's coming on her opposite side. So that's all part of reading the game. It's not luck. It's all right. I have pressure coming from my left side. I'm going to take my prep touch to my right. I have my option short here, but you know, everybody's expecting me to do the short option. So they, they shifted over and they opened up that lane for her and to have the confidence to play that ball up in there. That is a different way than we played period. Yeah, absolutely. And to even add to the point, the reason why it's not a surprise for her and something too of those who are players or maybe those who are coaches is that they probably went through this in practice. Oh, right? absolutely. To the point that the goalkeeper has to be part of the session. It's like they're probably tracking this. How many times do you break the line? She just broke two lines with one pass. 
that's a positive pass. In the past, for, right, right away, it used to be like, okay, goalkeepers, you know what? Just hit it to the corner. Boot it. That's fine. Okay. Or, okay, just try to get it to the halfway line. Now, the expectation is like, listen, what happens after the player receives that pass? Is it positive? Did you put the player in a positive position to right. do something, right? And it's like, to ask you, it's all different types of passes. And it's, again, the shot stopping is what most people see the game is about, right? Did, did you make all the big saves? But what makes a great goalkeeper to the point of what we talked about earlier is actually having to be no saves, but what you do to actually affect and impact your other players so that they can go on and get the goals and stuff. So yeah, the game, yeah. I think that's a part of the new, like, I would say, you know, these kids, they can't be shot stoppers. So anybody out here watching and stuff like that, and you, you know, weekend warrior coaches and coaches that don't understand goalkeeping, but you have goalkeepers and you're trying to coach them. They're not shots. You're not training a kid to be a shot stopper. Cause let's, let's do the math. Like how often are they saving those balls? What are they doing? 90% of the time in goal, they're distributing. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. are the first, their first pass on attack. They are distributing and communicating. Mm-hmm. communicating and then, the, too, and then yeah. the other 10%, maybe they're, they're saving a ball. Yeah. And so why spend 90% of your time in practice having these kids save shots and not work on their footwork and not work on their distribution like I, I told Mike last when we were on our last podcast what irritates the hell out of me is I had a coach and club come up to me and be like you know can you really work on Max's goal kicks because they're you know they're not very good and I go you know I go none of your field players can serve a ball so mm-hmm. maybe while I have him for one day a week. I can work on goalkeeping stuff and that will incorporate some distribution, but mm-hmm. maybe teach all of your players how to serve a ball. And while yeah. he's with you, he'll learn how to serve a ball too. Because yeah. I, I think, I think that's a, yeah, one of the biggest things, you know, and uh, before we move on is that I want to, I want to really, really stress that to all the young parents out there, because that is the number one question that gets asked, especially private coaches. It's like, Oh, well, let's like, can, can you work on, can you work on his feet? He's not very good with his feet. And I'm just like, literally like, I'm like, you pay to play club soccer at an ECNL club, you know, or a DA club or whatever. And you're telling me that you need me to go and work on the mechanics of striking a ball yeah. with your son or daughter during this private one time. hour for one week. It, mm-hmm. Shouldn't your club be teaching your child the mechanics of striking the ball because look, that's not a goalkeeper single, specific but, but listen, issue every, that means it's di- something that isn't being taught respect. but yeah. i in all of my warm-ups and in everything there is some sort of distribution and footwork involved like because like i said that's 90 percent of what you're doing but if you're asking me to spend an hour breaking down the mechanics when i have them for one day a week and your and your club coach isn't doing that like you know i'm like i gotta kind of put can we this- can we also address the mental part, okay? If your son or daughter <laughs> is mm-hmm. consistently not doing well at goal kicks, yet to the point, it could be head coach, it could be something, you know, Saskia, you're like, I'll give you three-minute quick lesson, but you go do this on your own time. Thank you. But if you are not addressing the mental block mm-hmm. that you may have with goal kicks, so actually saying, okay, you know what? What's going on with you mentally every time you step up to kick the ball? And if it's every single time you step up to kick the ball, you're like, oh, my God, I hope it goes far. Oh, my God. Yeah, oh, my God. And I'm going to shank it. What's going to happen? Absolutely. There's doubt. If you're not addressing that, then you're screwed. 
But to, to, to make, how do you actually get past that is mm. taking the time on your own. Thank you. To do this. When I was, when I was 15, I, again, I used to be the shyest kid in the world. I told this, but then I became a loud person. <laughs> and I told the world, it, we believe it. I was, no. you have to talk to my mom. I, I told the world I was going to be like the best. I was going to go to the Olympics, all this stuff. Which you did. And then, yeah, but <laughs> took, took Just a saying. but then I got cut when I was 14. I got cut yeah. from the BC team, which is like the state team. I remember all my friends made it and I was crying. I was like, ah, and I remember driving home <laughs> and I was like, my mom was like, hey, we love you. And my dad's like, and then my dad wanted to cry <laughs> with me. Like, and he pulls over and he turns to me and he says, what are you going to do about it? Exactly. Are you going to make this one person determine? And the next year I did 15 minutes more every single day before practice or after practice. And again, if you're a kid out there or a parent, 15 minutes more, we, we do that on our phone easily. And if you take those 15 minutes and you line up five balls and you just go ping, it doesn't, you don't even have to look at the destination, get the feeling right. Get your mind right. Get your mind to the point where you're like, you know what? I'm starting to feel confident. Then take it to the field and then work on an empty field when there's nobody and start to build the confidence up here of striking the ball with no expectations. Nobody, because the thing is so many goalkeepers who have this problem with goal kicks. They go practice, practice, blah, 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 but they never address the block and the block is here. If you already feel like you failed before you need to strike the ball, forget it. But yeah, and no, you're, you're you're 100% right. And and the thing is also, like, where does that block come from? It comes from making a failed goal kick no. and maybe getting the ball put in the back of the net, you know. And, and then the parents reiterating. And, and the, the parents coaches. being mad. And the being players mad, you know? being and like, then, yeah. And then the coach, and shame on you, coach, the coach saying, well, you know, little Joey can't take a goal kick. So, hey, Paul, because you can yeah. boot the ball really far, you go take his goal kicks for you. So yeah. what are you doing right there, coach? Are you basically – like, like confirming this negativity yeah. that he's not good enough to take goal kicks. Are you going to allow this kid to fail and succeed instead? Well, you know, I don't take goal kicks because I don't kick them very far. And so Paul takes my goal kicks for me. Well, so great. Do I'm something glad. about it. So, so, yeah. go, so coach, no, allow the kid to fail, but is winning that important to you? Like, or is the long goal kick that important to you that you can't allow this kid to learn and succeed and fail on their own and, 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 and like kind of build character that way. And yes, mm -hmm. all everybody listening, get your butt out to the park and go kick the ball. Mm -hmm. You know, if you can, if you think for one minute that the time that you clock in in club soccer and clock out three times a week and maybe a couple games on the weekend, um, is going to put you in, if you have aspirations of moving forward in soccer, it's going to put you there. You are 100% wrong. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know how much time, and Karina can say this, and Mike can say this, you know how much time I put in on my own without mm -hmm. a goalkeeper coach by myself up against a wall or in the backyard or in the backfield and kicking balls and doing punts and doing drop kicks and doing like volleys against the wall and everything I could do by myself. That's that. If you, if you're, these are your aspirations No, And so nobody has an excuse. So moms, dads, if you're like, Oh, I can't believe you got cut. I'm like, how much time does he put in? No, it's all what you do on your own when no one is watching. Yeah. That's the most important. When no one's watching, what are you doing? Who are you? Yeah. Because right, guess Mike, what? That person you're, clip. because that person you're up against in that position might be doing it. I want to, I want to, 
I want to bring this up in regards to, you know, the, this generation versus, you know, past generations and stuff like that. And I think one thing we that's been tougher. kind of lost in this generation recently, you know, which I think is starting to come back is that the improv, improv, improvisational aspect of goalkeeping, you know, for, I think for, for kind of a, a long period of time, Karina, you know, maybe 2000, 2010, a lot of goalkeepers were becoming very robotic. They were becoming very is much this a ball over the top. This is a ball over the top. There's a one V one on Kaylin. There's a one V one on Kaylin. Uh, where she de- where she has a really solid kick save. And one of the reasons I want to bring it up is because the improvisational f- manner of, you know, Kaylin, obviously she grew up in Canada as well too. She used to watch hockey all the time. And she says, you know, outside of the spread and the kick and the K save and all and the block and all of that stuff, that's sort of coming naturally to her because she watched hockey goalkeepers doing this constantly over and over and over again. And so she, to her, as opposed to, she's in a compact shape right there, but as she sees that this ball is slow, she goes, okay, well, where's the ball coming closest at the fastest moment? My foot. So I'm going to sneak right. out like that. And, but we've talked about this, and KK, you can definitely like interrupt me, but we've talked about this. There's a difference between a kick save from 15 yards away when you're just being lazy and you're in your heels and you're falling backwards and your body weight's not forward, and this is five, this is under 10 yards away from her, and that's her quickest reaction it's a bullet to her lower left lower right and the first thing there is her foot you know and yes we're talked weight forward hands down and everything like that I have no problem with this I have a problem if you back that up 10 yards and now you're making a kick save now yeah, I yeah. I don't by the way Kaylin Kaylin being the consummate professional position. she is she's not happy with this I, as you as you see she goes my bad after that that's leadership right there She's like, I'm slightly out of position. Okay. No one who's ever played this position is going to argue that save. And let me tell you something else too. Another point, since we're talking to the viewers, okay. If you're at home and the reason why she can make this save is because she's trained behind the back line on balls coming over the top. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you think you're just going to train your goalkeeper for the half an hour that you do shooting or just do crossing and finishing and you don't actually train your goalkeeper when the ball's in the other half in the front, like in the final third of the other half coming back, your goalkeeper will never make that save. Now the other thing too, let's give her credit. She's running backwards, right? She has an awareness where the, the, the goal is. Mm-hmm. She is the reason she comes down and cuts the angle. Again, if you're sitting on the line, like I don't even know what you do in that position. And she, comes and she makes herself big she makes herself brave okay that is a kick save to me like if you played the position you know you don't have the time while running back setting cutting down the angle to make a save clean and hold it okay to saskia's point further away yes but the most important part and the learning tool on that clip is that where was she where was her start point she was comfortable behind line so that she, if the ball was further over line, she'd come in again, talk about unconventional saves that never really happened many years ago, be at the top of the 18 to come kick it out. And people don't even count that as a save. Goalkeepers oh, I hate that. Save, right? Because it's the way the game's evolved. The game's evolved where the goalkeepers, if you look at a heat map, they're running 6K, 5K a game. Yeah. Right? I know in three, 2.8 miles, sorry. You know what I mean? Oh. But <laughs> because they're moving, it, you, they're no longer standing there. So if you're training a goalkeeper and you have a goalkeeper only messed with the 18 and within the 18, you fail them because you set them up to fail in a save like this. So to me, the end product is the kick save. It's what all of the things that led into that, 
the presence to tell, you know, to, to, to drop back. And I would, I would never, if I was, if, and, if and I was I, on air, I would have been like, great to. And I actually totally disagree with the fact that Sheridan was just like, I was out of, I don't think she was out of position. No. I think she had both posts covered. I think she was nice and big. I think her body weight was forward. I think her positioning was good. And it was a kick save because that's what it called for. And I have no problem with that. I think it's a great save. And I think, and I agree with you, her adjustments leading up to the save is what, as a goalkeeper and as a coach, what you want to look at. I, like, look at the, look at like men and women. We can look at Manuel Neuer, Casper Schmeichel. We can look at Kaylin Shedderin, uh, Steph Labe. Of course, I'm going to name all the Canadians. Alyssa. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Goalkeepers are making kick saves. Like, you're, you're being trained. And I remember when I was retiring, I'm like, Jesus. Because the bones and the stretches, your flexibility is important. You're being trained to just come out and be big, right? right? To come down and cut it. Don't give them the chance to even see the goal. It's shifted. So kick save whatever sometimes it's off like it doesn't matter the ball is not in the back of the net and it's no Keep longer the ball. <laughs> routine perfect cup like you don't see those anymore like if you look again at whatever league men or women the position is the saves are not coming perfect yeah. they're dealing with like the balls are doing all like sometimes i get mad when and i know i got in trouble a couple times on the air for, <laughs> for defending goalkeepers but the ball's coming in and they punch it great decision you can't hold on to that. <laughs> you know what I mean? They bobble it and it's in the back of the net. Then you know what I mean? So, but again, I think the one, the, the problem we are finding with that and with youth, I think, is that they see that and they automatically yeah. <laughs> parry it. Or, yeah. or, or, and I'm For just sure. like, dude. I'm like, how slow yeah. was that ball coming at you? Open up your hands and catch it. Okay. Yeah, like, absolutely. You know, there's a you're, you're, not play, you're not playing against, you know, there, the There's a fundamental difference when it's coming yeah. in at 80 miles an hour yeah. and it's dipping yeah. and moving and everything like that, and you're moving across the goal and you make a save. I just volleyed the ball to you. <laughs> like, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> like, just catch it. <laughs> like, okay. So I want to show right this right here, because speaking of the parrying thing, I, I want I, I love the fact that you brought that up, Karina, because it is so important for kids to see when to track a ball and follow through and when to try to hold a ball clean. And this is a situation where you track a ball and follow through and get in a mm -hmm. nice solid position right there and handle mm -hmm. it and make it look effortless like that. Because mm -hmm. if she tried to catch that, no. she makes a meal out of it based on her yeah. position. And you put it in a safe space too. I mean, the other thing too is working on pairing the Good ball point. and that putting it in a dangerous spot, right? She puts it in a safe place. Yes, it is. Hey, look at look at us, Rutgers. Hey, I worked at Rutgers. Hey, I played at Rutgers. My banner Crooks. hangs over that stadium, man. I know. I just said, Tesca. <laughs> Glenn Crooks right now is like so happy. Yes, Michael O'Neill. Let's give you a shot. Let's go through the whole chain. By the um, way, I'm so I'm still gonna have to text Kaylin after this and be like, hey, by the way, we used as an example on the podcast with Karina for an hour. <laughs> That's how I said she's my hero. You know, um, I think that yes, I agree with. I think we're all on the same page, and I agree with you 100 on the evolution of this. I, I I can't keep not going back to the size of these players. Oh the, my god, the the strength of the shots. Um, when I played, you know, maybe a handful of people shot the ball with the pace oh, yeah. um, that now 90% of the kids on the team do. And, you know, mm -hmm. granted I'm with UCLA and it's, you know, the upper upper, but, you know, just watching these kids ping a ball, man. I mean, that used to be like reserved for like Michelle Akers and, and mm -hmm. Mia and a couple people, but now it's like everywhere you turn this thing's got on fire. 
And so the strength and the speed and the reaction of the goalkeepers is, is comparable to that. And mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, it's pretty cool to see. I, I, Karina, I love one thing that I love one thing that you brought up too, which I actually hadn't even thought about before in regards to the factors, like how to design your session nowadays based on the modern game is that because the goalkeeper, and you brought this up that the, based on the goalkeeper's starting positions today is so different than it was 20, 30 years ago, mm-hmm. then your session design is going to be very different because of based on where the goalkeeper is going to be recovering from, where they're going to be attacking from, all those sorts of things. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, I think it's really important that a lot of goalkeepers, I, I myself personally as a goalkeeper coach, I do a lot of high to low training now. Mm-hmm. as opposed to starting low and then going high when it comes to the de- defensive side, because it's always like we had the ball, we lost the ball rather mm-hmm. than like I'm back and defending quote unquote. Absolutely. And yeah. it's so important because you have to see, it's like, it's, it's sad to say, but you never want to be in the game as a goalkeeper and see an image for the first time ever. <laughs> right. Yeah. You want to have been like, Oh, okay. Like, I've seen this before, not a big deal. I mean, I know I was a bit more of a chiller goalkeeper. I mean, I did my yelling and screaming, but like my mentality before, like I was listening to Bob Marley before game, right? Like <laughs> I was just like, I'm just going to be chill because I knew I had the energy to raise. But at the same time, you don't want to be in a game going, like, oh, what's this, right? You want to be like, oh yeah, I've seen this. I know how to do it. You know, like from a movement to get, again, not like if you're in an 18, and you're doing a drill, start at the top of the 18, running backwards, and then your set position. You know yeah. what I mean? Reacting to the game, because goalkeepers have to understand that they're a pivotal part of the offense. They're a pivotal part. If you're too far back, you're a man down, because the other team's probably Absolutely. playing with their goalkeeper as a part of you know the action. So, Absolutely. I mean, to your point, it's like you have to, and, and coaches – I think that's the thing because most coaches, they're not seeing this in the overall training, right? They're, they've learned and they've gotten their license basically on the <laughs> 10 players, right? And there's that person back there that they need more importantly than they actually want to admit to because if you don't have a good goalkeeper, that's a difference easily in a game. Yeah, but you, but also, now, can't, you also can't not train with 11 yeah. and then expect the, the, the one – I would mm-hmm. say the one you can't all of a sudden expect the one to, to step up with something you're not training like mm-hmm. that, you know, and obviously with Amanda and everything at UCLA and stuff like that, obviously everything incorporates the goalkeeper all movements back and everything, because they are pivotal. We are 11 yeah. players on the field, not, not Absolutely. 10 and one. And so, yeah, they see everything. They're used to everything. They're used to the involvement. But if you don't do that coaches out here, don't come to me and be yeah. like, why doesn't, you know, little Sally get it? Well, maybe because mm-hmm. you never incorporate her in practice. Yeah, absolutely. Nope. Maybe absolutely. you're like, hey, go, go catch over there. Exactly. We're going to shape and we're going to work on things. And, and then, okay, now we're going to do shooting at the end. Absolutely. And I mean, if you even look at the FIFA report from this last World Cup, from the goalkeeping, I think it was the greatest advancement of all the positions, Right the types of shots that they were stopping, um, how they were, uh, the pass percentage, the heat map, how they were moving. There's so many different things about the game and especially the position where this is the greatest advancement. So I say this again, like you have to get specialized training as a goalkeeper. You know, you have to get specialized training as a goalkeeper. 
And for the goalkeepers at the World Cup, they showed it over and over. I mean, to me, I love the World Cup for so many aspects, but I loved watching the development of the goalkeepers and how it's like, wow. You there were such good goalkeepers in the World Cup. Oh my God, the, the, I mean, the, the goalkeeping was, Cup, it was, was- It was, you know, and it was such a joy to watch. And Karina, I'm, you know, obviously, you know, I was listening to you and texting you and, and stuff like that, but, um, although you ignored me, but it's okay. Um, no! I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But to watch, such such good goalkeeping when you've watched previous world cups and it's so bad and mm-hmm. that's all anybody points out mm-hmm. that look how good the team's playing and then the goalkeeper makes a horrible mistake and stuff mm-hmm. and i felt that this last women's world cup was the opposite of that yeah like christine from chile oh my god are you kidding me we gotta oh get my her god. on <laughs> Endler, she's uh, it was re- i loved watching her I, yeah. I love, like, I, like, honestly, I remember I, Lexi Lawless was like, will you stop it? I'm like, hell no! Rutgers, by the way, Lexi, Rutgers. <laughs> <laughs> like, but honestly, like, honestly, and I think that's the thing is, like, because, to your point, Saskia, where we've been before with the position, it's like, oh, the goalkeeper let the team down and let the team down. Right, right, right. It's just, um, oh, my God, the goalkeeper allowed the team to get to this position it's like this excitement that we're like, we're finally getting seen and we feel heard and we're like, wow, like look at us shine. And it's like all of us shining. And again, it's kudos to like, go watch, like go keep in training at the top end. There's no, like, it's not conventional. It's but literally- I, also, I also think part of that with the new generation is because a lot of us goalkeepers were goalkeepers not because it was like, I mean, I was a goalkeeper because I was like crazy and athletic and I wanted to jump around and dive around. Um, but I think now kids think I want to be a goalkeeper. And I mm-hmm. think that they start a lot younger and as opposed to, all right, little Pam over there, you know, she's not the most athletic. So do you want to play goal for the team? Like that, those days are kind oh, of, you mean gone. the big, the big yeah. girl who's not very good with her feet. I wasn't like, going to see put the, her in the goal. I, I just wanted to shy away from that. I just, Whoa. Okay. Little Pam, who wasn't okay. very athletic, is what I okay. said. Mike's like, uh, uh, uh. Hey, I got <laughs> by the way, got- by the way, your your definition of big girl might be different than my definition. I meant like a tall I, girl. I never said big girl. I just said okay. unathletic. Okay. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. Hey, I, I owned my bigness. Look at me. Absolutely, <laughs> man. Are you kidding me? Don't, I've had a baby. Don't make me pull that picture baby. down. You want to see my baby? Yes. So we're going to yes. wrap up, but we absolutely have to see Paris. Yeah, we okay. definitely have to see. And uh, Shannon wanted me to tell you, um, she loves you, she misses you, and you better bring her that baby. <laughs> no, once we're yeah. done with the pandemic thing, yeah, yeah, like, no, yeah, and, sure. and and KK, well, as as things start developing again, maybe before the you know upcoming season or whatever, I think I would really love to have you back on to talk about the development of the goalkeeping position in the developing nations because you know it's one of the positions that I think, you know, was ignored for so long. And I think that's one of the reasons why he's has such atrocious goalkeeping uh, in CONCACAF oh, yeah. qualifiers and those sorts of things. Hi, um, <laughs> 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 Paris. Hi, Paris. Hey, Paris. Oh, my God, look at that smile. Oh, my yes. God. Look at that face. <laughs> oh, I got to take, take the airpiece out. I got to take the airpiece out so she can hear you guys. Paris, hi, they're with us live TV. Live We're taking Paris, this up. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Beautiful. Hi, Paris. It's the first goalkeeping uh, appearance. Hi, Paris. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Hi, Hello. future soccer player or whatever you want to be. Oh, I screwed up the whole show. I can't hear you. <laughs> People are tuning in right now and they're like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> Look at those. We're, we're gone. Okay. No, 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 no. You guys still there? She there? I don't think she can hear us. Oh, she can't hear us. Okay. Can you hear Let's us? Let's see if we can try this. Okay. okay. All this right. is what happened. Oh, my hear? God. KK, she's I beautiful. Back. I can hear you guys. All she's right. beautiful. Oh, she... Hi. What's that, what's that say on her shirt right there? That's a big heart. It says, sweet heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. She's gorgeous. Congratulations, Kay. Yeah. Thank you. My future Congratulations. Goalie. My future goalie. No pressure. <laughs> well, well, KK, uh, I mean, you got so many things going on. I mean, uh, somebody, somebody uh, a year ago, you know, they told me they're like, oh, they're like, you want to get Karina? She's like the Energizer Bunny. So, you know, you, you, she, she just keeps going and going and going and going and going. So you'll have to catch her when you can. Um, but if, uh, if people want to connect with you. Either, either, either more on you know what your role is at Concacaf, or they want to talk goalkeeping or whatever. Um, is the best place to reach out to you is at your website? I have a website. Um, I have Instagram and I have Twitter. So any of those would probably be best. But longer form, yes, my website. All right. Well, cool. Well, we'll put that in the show notes. And remember, guys, contact at insidethe18media.com. That's the number 18. If you have a guest suggestion or a topic suggestion or at Goalkeeper Podcast on all social media platforms, remember, please, to follow at Saskia underscore Weber on all social media platforms. <laughs> it's very, dist- very, it's very, I think everyone's like, yeah, that's great. There's a baby. There's a baby. So yeah, there's a baby. Talking? Look, actually, the baby is it the baby. Yeah. There's a baby. But you know, baby here's the deal. Um, to, all, to all you listeners and everything, this has been a, sorry if this was a reunion for me, but um, that's my sister basically. And it's so good to see her. So, so good to see you too. I got a plus one. Yeah, you got a plus one. I'll make sure I'll make sure you're on the list. <laughs> right, I love Bye, you. Guys. I love you. Love you too. All right. <laughs> That's all the time on Inside the 18 and we are out later guys. Hey everyone, it's Michael. Before we move on to our next segment, want to remind you all to subscribe, like, and follow at Goalkeeper Podcast on all social medias, including YouTube, where fully edited vodcasts are housed with exclusive clips. The more followers we get, the more we can give back to the GK community. Let's all keep paying the knowledge forward, and on with the show. Welcome to Inside the 18. I'm Michael Majid, live from Hollywood, California. Laughing over there is 99 World Cup winner, Suskia Weber. Behind an incredible Argentina background, you know him as Pro GK Academy, Omar Zini. And the reason that we have that lovely background is because we have the one and only Essendon Royals and Argentina goalkeeper, Gabriela Garten, or Gabby Garten, as you like to call her. What is up, Gabby? Thanks for joining us. Hey, Michael, it's good to, good to be here. Good to be in the presence of such a, a great group as well. And 
I mean, the, for me, the 99ers were what inspired me to keep playing. So it's a it's a pleasure and an honor to, to be able to be on a panel as well with you, Saskia. So oh, thanks. Great, great to be I here. love watching you play. Trust me. So back at and it. Then, now, 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 and then now and Omar, you know, you just mentioned that you, you know, you watch Omar's channel. So I'm guessing the next thing you're going to say is like, Michael, I'm a big fan of your comedy album. Uh, I've got it on my Spotify right now. It, it's the only hour I listen to of stand up comedy. Uh, that, figured that's the direction uh we were going to go with that um honestly gabby we're really excited to have you on um we're going to get getting into the topic in, in a few minutes which is going to be bringing your training habits you know into your coaching um but before uh we get into that you know for some of the people out there who might not be familiar uh with your path your journey you know from uh from playing here in the united states in college then you know going over to obviously to play in argentina and now in australia and all of that uh why don't you kind of kind of set up how this all this crazy fitness happened that's a long story. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> um, yeah. So my, I grew up, I was born in Minnesota, um, very quickly moved to Florida when I was about five. So pretty much I'm Floridian, I guess, if anyone can really be Floridian, I don't know if that's really a thing, but, um, yeah, so it can be, um, my mom is from Argentina. So that's why there's the Argentine connection there. And, yeah, I grew up um, pretty quickly got, I don't know if it's the same experience that you all have had as well, but kind of, I don't know that anyone really chooses to be a goalkeeper. It's kind of like the goal chooses you. That's what I felt anyway. It's, it was like, yeah, I mean, you're all right with your feet, but you know, you're pretty tall. You're pretty good with your hands. I played tennis and I played American football whenever I could with my with my buddies at school, um, played baseball, played, uh, what else did I play? Basket tried playing basketball. wasn't very, very great oh at it. Oh my God. But- we have like the same background. Yeah. And it's like, you and <laughs> not only, not only did she like look up to the 99ers, but she apparently also looked up exactly your background and your upbringing and said, yeah, you know what? I'm going to throw swimming that. and lacrosse in there. And we're all good. <laughs> oh, no, we didn't have lacrosse. And like, there were some teams in Florida, but it was more on like the East coast or the, wait, yeah, I guess it would have been the East coast. So I was on the West coast of Florida. Yeah, so we yeah. didn't have the chance to play lacrosse, but I did get to play at camp a couple times. And that was, <laughs> that was really fun. Um, and swimming, I was terrible. It was more like trying not to drown. So <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. I'm still, yeah. I'm imp- I played baseball too, not softball. So yeah, well, I, I ended up playing softball in high school because I didn't have the option of playing baseball. And I got like, probably what happened to you after about 13 years old, like you didn't really yeah, yeah. have the chance to keep going with it, but I liked baseball a lot. Um, oh, Omar, do you play baseball? No, I never did. Okay, <laughs> it's like the one sport. I mean, I tried, I tried, and I threw our basketball and soccer. That's pretty much it. Yeah, I'm horrible and, at basketball. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm with you right there. <laughs> it's, yeah, pretty, pretty scary thing to watch. Um, but yeah, I just grew up um, in Sarasota, Florida. Um, played at my local club team. Um, I don't know. Once I got into goals, though, it was. I'm saying goals like they say here in Australia. It's so weird. You, I like you go it. in goals. You don't go in goals. Wait, they yet. say goals? They goals, say you're goals, going in the plural. goals? Like, yeah, I'm like, I mean, I'm just covering one as far as I know, but um, <laughs> <laughs> sure, I'll go with that. Some well, we, here well, we had an like, Australian like, coach on yet last week. Well, not Australian, he's a UK goals. coach, but he's based in Australia. And like every 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 activity was with multiple goals. So maybe that's just the way Australian yeah, get, training hey, get, is. Like get in the goals. goals. I'd be like, which one? Goals. Uh, I'm not sure. But, um, it's the same thing that always happens when you go into small sided games that they give the teams and then you're like, the goalkeepers are like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where are we going? Like, that is very good about us. In goal. I'm like, okay. Um, yeah. Um, let's see. 
So club, I mean, I don't know how much you want me to go into detail. No, about you're, I mean, you don't, you don't have to go into a four minute dissertation. We've had that happen before. We're like, <laughs> yeah, dude, we literally, I'm not kidding you, Gabby. We literally, I said that to this poor 18 year old kid. And I was like, oh, so just tell us a little bit about uh, how this all ended up. And he started from like literally when he was born all the way up to like him signing with the MLS team. It's kind of and like, I was like tell a story. <laughs> don't worry nothing editing can't do i'm sorry for people that are watching live because you got to watch and hear the whole thing but people who are catching up to it later on will be happy to know it's a four minute story turn into uh, a one minute story magic well, of editing. I, I think i think i think the, the the cool thing you know gabby is that again we talked about the dual national thing and you know i did the same thing as yourself um i my mother is venezuelan i was actually born in venezuela and i went to venezuela to go represent venezuela um, mainly because the United States would have nothing to do with me. Um, that was one of the reasons that I that I that I made that that decision. Um, no, no, no. Honestly, I wanted free vacation. That's why I went down there. Anyway, um, it, it, it probably was a little bit different for you, obviously, since you ended up in a World Cup and, and all of that. But like, was it something like where you got scouted by Argentina or did you pursue it yourself? Oh, we skipped over. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, I guess we did. That's that's kind of like the key, I guess. Um, so... Yeah, I think coming from a small town um, and just the way that like recruiting works, my parents never really, I mean, they supported me in, in my playing and everything, but for them, it was never really a priority. So like when I had the chance to play at a bigger club in Florida, um, which was like the Tampa region, my parents said no, because they didn't want to be driving me, you know, an hour, an hour and a half each way. So um, my entry into college is a bit strange. It just kind of almost just kind of happened. Uh, one of the, the University of South Florida goalkeeper coach came down for a, a camp that they were running in Sarasota and my um, the high school boys coach at my school because I trained with the boys as well. Um, he was like, Gabby, you got to come down here. The women's, soccer, the women's soccer coach or the goalkeeper coach from USF is here for a camp. Come train. So I did. I went train they're like yeah we definitely would love to have you come and it was like very last minute it was kind of it was the summer between my junior and senior year and so kind of um I had some interest from other smaller schools but uh decided to go with USF um where I was for I was there for two years while they were still in the big east so I still don't I have no idea what conference USF is in right now I have no idea what so I don't know anyway two years at USF um and kind of I don't know, it was at a point where um, I wasn't getting a whole lot of minutes. The goalkeeper that I had in front of me was quite quite good. Um, she was a junior when I got there. So the idea was after she graduated, probably was going to be taking over and then um, started to think more in terms of academics as my priority. So um, the opportunity came about to, I started looking to transfer. Um, was looking at some Ivy, Ivy League schools and then also uh, Rice University in Texas, um, which was last on my list until I visited. And I was like, this place is amazing. And I loved it. So um, transferred there. They offered Valhalla. Me, yeah. Valhalla's oh, yeah. wow. the bar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the grad pub. Yeah, uh -huh. I actually never <laughs> went. There's something new. Learn something new every day. I'm just waiting for Omar to drop some rice owls knowledge. How do I know that? I used to coach. I used to coach soccer plus there every summer. And me and Bill Steffen. What's up, Bill Steffen? Me and Bill Steffen used to go to Valhalla after the kiddos went to bed. That's awesome. Yeah, small world. Yeah. Of course, I know where the bar is on every campus. Go ahead. 
It was, isn't it like it's below one of the yeah the biochem uh, that's why I have to take biochem um, one of the <laughs> every goalkeeper is so smart home. Omar have you noticed that they're all like biochem Educated. like neuroscience <laughs> no but engineers. it's like it's like it's yeah, like a below. it's like a dungeon it's below a lecture hall yeah yeah I don't know I never I never went but yeah I heard that they had some like the grad students had a lot of fun there there were almost as many grad students as undergrad students at Rice so that's kind of why I think. But um, yeah, so while I was at Rice, um, I was a, going into my, I guess I got there as a junior and um, the goalkeeper coach was like, there's actually a, a half Argentinian who's kind of be coming in as a freshman next year. And she's played with the youth national teams in Argentina. She's like, we could definitely make contact there with the national team. And so that's kind of how it came about. Uh, just started talking to the head coach and he was like, yes, we'd love to have you come down for a trial. They were prepping for the, it would have been in 2011. So they were prepping for the Pan-American games, which are going to be in actually in Mexico and Guadalajara, I think. And so I went and um, it was interesting. It was very different from what I had seen in, in college. I was about to call it uni as well. These Aussies are rubbing off on me. Um, <laughs> How so? Uh, like, like yeah. you know, like Omar said, how it was like di so different back then. And when you were in Mexico, they were doing stuff that now is more forward yeah. moving here. Yeah. But like, how so? Is it different? I wish it were a positive way. <laughs> it was different. I was uh, blown away that there were girls on the national team that had their boots stitched together because they couldn't afford to have a new uh, pair. That everyone's gloves were worn down to nothing. That the clothes that they had on the national team were, you know, three sizes too big that they had to, to go. It was all, from the men. Yeah, of course, hand-me-downs from the men. So things that like your generation went through probably, but we're talking, you know, 10, 20 years later and this was still going on. And I was, I was like, well, this is the national team. Like, can you imagine what the rest is like? And so it was kind of for me an eye-opening experience not not kind of it was an eye-opening experience it was like wow um what i thought was a relatively normal like experience growing up as a player in the u.s um is not normal around the world for, for most young women like the girls that i was playing with um they would tell me as well they were telling me about the, the local league and the struggles that they had um, you know, never knowing if they were going to play one weekend or the next because get the whole uh, weekend could get suspended games because, I don't know, one referee didn't show up to one match because then they couldn't just make up one match. They had to make up all the matches. I don't know. A lot of kind of sexist abuse and other things that they went through um, just to be able to play because in, in Argentina, football is like a, it's a man's sport still. I mean, yeah. it's, it's changing a lot. Um, and I think that that experience was kind of like what drew me there to say maybe I would actually want to keep playing after college because I wasn't thinking I was going to continue on. Um, it was the chance to continue with the national team that kind of drew me back, but also this curiosity is to see like, why is their experience so different from mine? And um, even though I took biochem and uni at college, um, I, <laughs> Stupid Aussies. Um, no, I'm sorry. Don't don't maybe leave that out there. No, they're awesome. Um, <laughs> um, All your teammates no. who are like watching this right now are like, mm, I don't know about her tomorrow. I don't know. It's uh, be tough. she has to cover all uh, the goals. <laughs> yeah, right? All the goals. Back and forth. Um, I ended up 
actually doing Hispanic studies as my major in at uh, Rice. And then after I graduated, um, moved to Argentina, I was playing at River Plate and um, also continuing like kind of in touch with the national team, but they were pretty much on hold. Like they played the, the Pan American games and they didn't have another competition until like, I think it was 2014. And Jeez. yeah, <clears throat> a lot of stopping nope. and starting. Wow. So, yeah. Um, well, I mean, one thing, one thing I want to say though, I mean, like, you know, obviously all, all three of us have, have, have covered it, you know, the, the kind of the growth of the game in, in South America on the, on the women's side in the last few years. And, and I want to say, Gabby, honestly, you guys really, I would say you guys made your, your country proud for sure. Uh, in the 2019 world cup, I think you guys, I mean, I don't think a lot of people expected a lot out of Argentina. And I think you guys really surprised a lot of people with, with the level of play that you guys showcased out there. You know, you're talking yeah. about Mike, they were, they were the winners in my bracket. I lost a lot of money because of that. No, I just had that. I had that, had that much faith. I knew one day we'd cross paths and I wanted to make sure that I had that in my story. But hey, <laughs> next time, next year, next time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, uh, well, yeah. well, what's really cool, Gabby, is like kind of, you know, what you've been talking about in regards to all these different experiences you've had, it kind of brings a little bit of a different flair to your coaching as a current player than a lot of other people who might have just come through the traditional United States background, played in college, maybe played in NWSL, and then just decided to get into coaching. Um, one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on is because you've decided to start you know, your coaching journey while you're still playing. And one of the really cool things is that you're actually working with the Youth Academy at your current club. So kind of in your own words, kind of like, you know, what do you, what do you consider training? What are training habits in your, in your opinion? And how do they represent who you are as a player and as a coach? I don't know. So this, this is almost like a harder question than sometimes when they're asking me things in sociology, but um, <laughs> like something that, something don't that take like it too it's, it's so, don't take it too so serious. Part. Don't take yeah. it too seriously. Don't worry. Saskia and Omar can throw something in real quickly. That's very witty and sharp. And it does, does, this, does, this is not, this is not a chemistry. You're chemistry the comedian. Class. Yeah, no, I was, I was just thinking like, it's, it's just the way that you approach things like on a daily basis and that making training like such a part of, of the way that, um, that you do life kind of, I don't know, for me, it's like training has become such a part of my life that it's, I don't know, you can have like good and bad days, but you know that you're always going to give everything that you have on that day at, at the session. I think that for me is, it's like effort is definitely something that is not a non-negotiable if you come to training, be ready to work. And I think, I think one thing that maybe you might, speaking about the different contexts, I think that having that experience in Argentina and seeing kind of the difference between the way they would approach training and, and to the US as to where it kind of, I don't know, growing up, I felt like if you didn't leave a practice training session completely exhausted dead, <laughs> it was a waste of a session, right? And in Argentina, I kind of learned that it's you can actually have some really great sessions that are more mentally focused, more positional based, more tactical to come away with almost more than leaving just completely exhausted. So I, I kind of learned about that, that balance between um, obviously the physical exertion, but also the mental exertion as being part of part of training and then also the enjoyment. <laughs> like I think you have to enjoy training for people so that want to come back. Um, on a normal basis. So I think games and, and making it, you know, more, um, yeah, more fun I, is, is a key part of it. 
I just no. feel like you were like in my session today. Um, no, and I agree with you 100%. Like, I, and I've said this before, like today, like I have to tell the keepers, it's not fitness, <laughs> like, you know, like we're going through something and we're working on um, a sequence of some, and everything is a thousand miles an hour. And I'm like, all right, I stopped everybody. I go, did I see this as fitness? Did, is this pressure training? I was like, like focus on each individual task. Like, you know, I didn't, I didn't say like you had to get from here to here, like a thousand miles an hour and this and that. And that. I said, I said, you know, here you're working on your distribution here. You're working, you know, on a collapse dive, you know, and you're moving around like this zone. And it was like, I had to stop everybody. And I'm just like, everybody needs to take breath. Like I'm tired watching you. And that's not the focus here. And I learned that in Japan. Like the same thing, like not, not every practice, although really long, not every practice w was a hundred miles an hour. And, you know, I come from the same cloth here, especially with the national team that like, if, if you didn't leave like, totally exhausted, yeah. you did yeah. something wrong. And so, you know, but being in Japan and obviously they've won a world cup, so they know what they're doing. Um, they, you know, we slowed things down. We slowed it down and focused. That's it's okay to do that to, to, uh yeah. Yeah. I Go think ahead, I think one of the things, you know, I want to bring up with Omar right here is that, you know, as yourself as a private educator, sometimes it's very difficult because, you know, you have parents and they're just like, well, wait a second, what did we, what did we just pay for? He just spent an hour with here and he looks like he's ready to eat a pizza. Like he feels like he doesn't, <laughs> he seem like it's like puking on the ground type of a thing, you know? So is, is, is that a balancing act kind of where, where like you have to kind of like balance, like, look, you're, you're bringing, you're bringing, you know, your child here or your young goalkeeper here because you want them to learn skill sets of being a goalkeeper. You're not bringing them here because you want me to perform calisthenics with them. Right, Omar? Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the beauty of, I guess, being an organized coach is, is having those ready to go when a parent, you know, contests or tries, even a young kid will be like, Hey, you know, I, I really want to be worked harder. I had a young kid tell me, Hey coach, it's okay if you yell at me from time to time. I really do like, I think I do better because of it. And I'm like, well, that's just not really my style, but Hey, okay. I, I'll respect that. But for me, it's more like if you're intentional and deliberate as a coach with your session planning. So for me, I'll have a young kid and we'll do a session. And then probably like, you know, 10 minutes out of the session, we'll be sitting there watching the footage. Like they're getting water. It's like a functional time. I'll sit down with them and I'll say, look, what did you just see right here? We're going to go back in there, but I want you to tell me, what are you seeing? Oh coach, I'm dropping my knee a little too quickly and I'm defaulting too fast. So now our terminology, because we've spent time watching film together, our terminology is uh, similar. So now I can coach on the fly. So sometimes slowing things down to get that language and that verbiage between you and the player is important so that when you when you are training and things do speed up, you can coach on the fly and not have to stop every little thing to explain it. So I think if you really can be smart about your time and, and a lot per session, a functional session or functional time to watch film within the session – later on it'll really be a benefactor because of it so i think that's the beauty of that and, and i think the coaches as well you need to be very deliberate in that you can't just kind of be like oh i stumbled upon that time to do functional training and then i figured it out later on it's more of like no 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 during the session you should probably say you know what they're going to benefit more if i sit down with them for about a minute or two maybe three four minutes and then from there we can get back on the field and really start applying everything we're talking about yeah. You know, Gabby, as, as, as you've kind of started coaching right now, you know, with the youth Academy and everything like that, have you found that, you know, um, for it, it's difficult as having that, that coming from that playing mentality of kind of, you know, um, you know, everything is kind of dictated for you or, or presented for you. And now you're the one kind of presenting 
that sometimes you kind of get that, that deer in the headlights moment where you're like, oh my God, am I going too slow? Am I going too fast type of a thing? And you kind of have to, you know, kind of, kind of wait and like, make sure like, are they connecting? Am I not connecting? What am I doing? Yeah. I find that especially with the youngest ones, because, um, I've run like some, some sessions more as like a voluntary, like given, giving somebody a hand, like another goalkeeper coach or helping out at a, with a local team. That's like, well, would you mind coming and running a session? That's fine. But it's different when you're working with them week to week and especially the ones who are like under 10. Um, for me, that's, that's a big challenge uh, because it does have to be, you have to make things, I guess, relatively basic and understandable, but also like the fun aspect is so big in it because you want to keep them concentrated and engaged. And there were some days where I had like 13 keepers that were all under the age of 11. Oh. 10, 11. Oh, I was like, oh my god. We've gosh. all been there. We've That's called been daycare. There. Yeah, I was like, good grief. And then, you know, you might have a good number of them that want to work, that want to that wanna train and be engaged. And then you might have those one or two that are just making your life impossible. So it's kind of also figuring out, okay, well, I don't really want to, like, I'm not a big fan of punishment. I, I never was as well as a player, like, like, punishing kids but if you don't if you have a kid that's taking away from the time of the others it's like well how do you how do you deal with that for me that was one of the biggest challenges um and then yeah going from having everything kind of served to you to thinking through sessions I think I always kind of analyzed or thought about what the session what we were doing like why why we were doing certain drills which is I think why some some coaches might not have liked me very much because I always think <laughs> like what's the purpose behind this exercise like why are we doing this but obviously when you have a good coach, I think that your ability to explain why makes you a good coach as well. So um, I think that having a purpose behind each, each drill, each exercise that you do is, is important. Being able to, to explain that to your athletes, I think is, is key. So yeah, it has been a bit of a challenge. I think just kind of finding that rhythm and gaining confidence in, in what you're doing and, and continuing, obviously, um, I think it's a constant process, probably just like, just like goalkeeping. I think coaching is probably similar in that regard that you're always learning. And um, I don't know, here I've been trying to surround myself with, with good goalkeeper coaches who I've been able to work with so far and, and learning from them as well, asking them questions, uh, getting feedback. I think for that, for me, that's been huge. So. I think, you know, that that's one of the things that I think is, has been really impressive, you know, in regards to, and I know, and I'm, and, and, you know, I hope this is taken as a compliment with Saskia, you know, is like, she, she says it all the time. She's like, you know, I, I won a world cup and I'm still learning, you know, and I'm going to keep surrounding myself with, with people that, that are, that are in the know, maybe even 30 under 30, you know, coaches like Omar Zini and, uh, and just, <laughs> just keep, keep learning and learning and learning because it's, it's kind of like that, that like humbleness. No, but, 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 it, but it's, it is that humble. <laughs> it is that, it is that humbleness though, to kind of know that. And I think that's a problem that a lot of players have when they when they come into coaching Saskia is that especially if they've had a high playing background is that like it's a very different animal right yeah I mean I think one of my one of my uh players was doing some coaching this summer and was like oh my god you have to help me set up sessions you know but here's something that was very confident when we're when we're in practice you know and it's like but to see it from a different perspective and a different angle and to put something together to try to get out of a player what you need to get out and I get it wrong some like plenty of times too but um it, it is a different you know and it takes it takes time and it takes education and watching other coaches that you that you believe in and you um, have the same philosophy as you and you know and you have to be humble in that 
it's you know ridiculous. I'm not like Omar walking in thinking I'm the greatest goalkeeper coach <laughs> in the world. <laughs> Sorry, it was just set up for that. It was set up for that. But um, but again, you know, you had you were able to Gary is to play in Argentina and learn a different style there, and now you're in Australia. Sorry. And, and you were making an emphatic, emphatic moment no, about my Australia. Phone. It was my phone. Um, and, um, and now you get to learn that style as well. And so that will just make you, a, and you were in America. And so that'll, that'll just make you a better goalkeeper coach, period. You know, to bring in all those different styles, like we, when we were talking to um, Juan and stuff, and like he has, you know, the beach soccer and he has that and that he that adds something different to the way he trains goalkeepers. You know, every little bit you find your philosophy and you find your path and that, that just will make you a great coach. No, but I think um, kind of like the, just kind of reading over the notes talking about like bringing us as, you know, who we are as people, those training habits that we had as players, how, how has that impacted your coaching? And I think for example, like for me growing up, I knew that uh, diet or, you know, nutrition was going to be extremely important, but I never necessarily, I knew, I knew what the answer was, but I didn't have discipline to really go into it. And at the same time too, like I love sessions that were game related. I didn't really like technical stuff. I like to just be a goalkeeper and get into goal and, and you know, make reaction yeah. saves. And so, you know, those are, those are my habits. And then as I got from there to, you know, transitioning to coaching, the mindset went like, okay, well, not everyone is like me. Not everyone wants to get you know, crazy amount of work in or have an intense rate. Because for me, as, as one of my ex-girlfriends once told me, she said, Omar, ex. yeah, ex, she says, <laughs> she was, no, we're, still, we're still friends. We're still friends. But she says, Omar, she, she says, uh, she says, you work out because you eat. I eat because I work out. And that was that like blew my mind. I was like, I was like, that's so true because I like to get, I like to your get calorie, calories in, calories out, <laughs> calories out, calories in. Yes, exactly. So for me, I was like, I was like, I need to get in my session so that I can lose weight. So I can go to Baja Fresh Chipotle after practice so I can take care of, you know, so I, I, I got to do that. But then you, you, I have those bad habits, but I always knew the right answer. And then I went into my sessions now where I have kids who, you know, who don't like that pressure training, who don't like to sweat a lot. They, they like to be thinking goalkeepers. So I had to kind of readjust how I ran my sessions. And some goalkeepers who were just like me, who only want to hit the ground and want to dive, 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 but don't want to look at the technical aspects and watch film. So I've had to kind of figure out the proper terminology, the proper way to articulate that message to these young kids who don't see it like me and who kids who saw it like me. So now I'm having to play that, that happy medium right in between both of them so I can really help the kids who don't anything, don't anything about nutrition, help them understand how important it is. And kids who only want to dive, help them understand how, how important the actual IQ of the game is. So I think balancing those two and understanding what habits were detrimental to my, my playing career and how I can really balance those out to make them actual, you know, good points as a coach. I, I want to bring this up right now with Gabby here, because I think, you know, it's really cool what you guys have been bringing up, but one of the benefits that you have Gabby is that, uh, it's not conceptual for you. You know, I, we, we actually were talking about this. I think we were, when we were messaging yesterday is that, you know, the young kids, they can go out and watch you on the weekend. And it's like, it's not just like, Hey, you know, this is like, cool. Well, here's some tape of me from five years ago or type of thing. And you're letting, they're like, yeah, okay, whatever, you know, old, 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 old you know, old lady, but they're like, no, come out on Friday night, come out to the game, watch. This is what I was talking about in training today. Yeah. I think that that's, that's kind of a really 
cool part about the this club in general that they have there are quite a few of us on the team the girls team that are the senior women's senior team that are coaching girls teams and like younger players so in my case the goalkeepers so I have girls and boys um but it's cool because you get to have that not only can they come and see us in action in terms of like applying seeing what us applying what we've been teaching them but also having that kind of connection like oh I know her she's my coach like it's that connection within the club as well that kind of creates a sense of belonging that I think is really really big um and I don't know always in, in women's football you're kind of looking for that plus looking for that you always feel like you have to show why you should be invested in why it's worth it for the club, for the institution to, to, you know, to, to actually think that your team is important. Right. I mean, Saskia's smiling because he knows it's unfortunately, <laughs> it's unfortunately the truth. So for us, it's like, we're kind of adding this or giving this like added value to the club where it's, you're bringing in, um, it's not just like the juniors are going and they're playing on the weekend and then they go home. It's like, no, we're kind of come, we're going to come to the club on Friday night. We're going to come to the club on Sunday. We're going to watch our coaches play and we're going to bring our teammates along and we're going to bring our parents along and they're going to be in the space. That's more than just a sporting space. It's, it's also a social, a social space, a space, a place to share and to, to have experiences and to learn and, and to enjoy, um, a fun weekend of nice weather and, um, yeah, and cheer on your club. So I think that that's kind of another thing. But yeah, I definitely, um, I think that that ability, especially particularly in the goalkeeping position where it's kind of, it's much easier to kind of pick out and just watch the goalkeeper right during a game rather than, I mean, maybe if you're coaching a team, it's, it's a bit different. But um, but yeah, saying, oh, well, we worked on that this week. We worked on 1v1s. Let's see how she adjusts to, to through balls. How does she read the, where does her starting, where's the starting position? Um, how does she approach? Does she take a quick approach? Does she wait? You know, so that kind of situations, I think that they can probably learn from. I think the youngest ones, it's more just that feeling of, wow, I know her. She's my coach. But maybe for the older <laughs> ones, it gives yeah. them the opportunity yeah. to, to kind of to learn and observe. I think that's pretty that's pretty cool. No, no. I think uh, just to add on to that part, I, th- I remember uh, I always have a story for these things because I remember I was like still trying oh, to play and, like, and still trying. <laughs> no, it's actually it's, it's a quick. I'll, I'll make it the spark note. Hold, hold on, I, I, Gab, Gabby's got plenty of mate. She's fine. She's she, good, she can good. go for a while. No, but I, I was training this young girl, and she was, uh, you know, she, she. I think she was more just. I'm tall. I play volleyball, so I'm going to try and play goalkeeper. So she was always just joking around and being silly. So. I remember one time for, well, she was at Sharif's team, uh, Mike. So they have shooting yeah. clinics twice a week. So I was like, you know what? I want to get some, you know, get back in shape. I want to try and play again. And let's see what, how my knee feels. So I went to the shooting clinic, which essentially is like 20 shooters and then like three goalkeepers. And then every time you get scored on, you rotate out. The shooters go around the 18 and they take different shots. So I was in and I was one completely out of shape. I didn't have the goalkeeper fitness. So I was literally going crazy in the goal. My positioning was all off. And this girl's watching me and like, the entire time she's looking at me like, coach, remember when you told me to set, you were still moving. Remember when you told me to step a little bit higher, you're still too deep and just critiquing the entire session. And I remember, I remember driving home. I'm like, what? I was like, what an embarrassment. Like I preach all this stuff, goalkeeper fitness and how important it is to get up and then do all this stuff. And then I, I personally still, I can't do it. And I, from then on, that's when I was like, you know what? I got to start getting back in the gym. I mean, I, I haven't played goalkeeper that often since, but it was just a very embarrassing moment that I don't wish on anybody, but it was still a good reminder that if you preach certain things, you better make sure that even though you're not necessarily being watched all the time, when your training environment is the kids who you train, when they're watching you, make sure you really, really hone in on things you do preach. So yeah, that was my story. And I think 
kind of different than Gabby's. The young kids were more critiquing than even enjoying me, enjoying me play. But that's a testament to you, right? Because I think it's one of the things like that transition from playing to coaching. It's like also when you're learning and teaching, like to teach something, you really have to know something inside out, right? And you actually yeah. learn it better as you're teaching. So the fact that she actually had absorbed what you told her, I guess that's positive, right? She was. Yeah, I mean, she. There she was. That's Wait, great. Yeah. Have you seen Have you seen the other guys? Has anybody ever seen that before? No. Other guys, no. The other guys with Mark Wahlberg and. and oh, Barry. I know the movie you're talking about. I haven't seen it though. Maybe. No. Okay, quick. So Mark Wahlberg. Mark, Mark Wahlberg has an ex girlfriend, oh, and in 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 the movie, in the movie, she's like a she's like a ballerina or whatever. And so it comes he to Omar's learns, Rotten Tomatoes like, review. <laughs> no, no. So he like he purposely just to just to like show her up that he's been listening to her. He like purposely learns how to do like ballroom dancing so that he can like show off to her. And then like in an argument, he uses it, and she's like, "Oh my god, that's actually really good." This is how this girl is that I trained. She's she's more of like I'm just gonna learn all this stuff so that one day when I have the opportunity to show you up, I'm gonna show you up. And she did. I mean, I, it was embarrassing. People were like, watching. Other goalkeepers were like, like you gave us your card at the beginning of practice. Like, do you want it back or like what? Like, I don't know. It was just yeah, it was a whole mess. Oh my god, yeah. I don't even know where to go. I don't even know first, where to go. First of all, when you get to be my age, you don't have to play anymore. <laughs> They believe you. <laughs> and the last time I played, I played in that um, the, uh, the congressional game in DC and I played the, the charity game and I played with like Kobe Jones and um, a ton like pro players and like major players. And like Jurgen Sumner was there and stuff. And I'm and I, I like worked my butt off because nobody defends, which is why I never played pickup. Hmm. And, and so oh, like not in goals, no. No. <laughs> so I'm like diving all over the place. Like totally got MVP. Three minutes before the end of the game, this seven foot senator John Harks throws this ball in, and it's bouncing. And I come running toward the ball, and I'm like, he's not going to stop. So I kind of do a forward kind of like lunge, I punch it. He up ends me. I dislocate my shoulder. Right, it oh. pops out. It pops in. I'm laying down. Now I'm like old. Okay. <laughs> laying there and I get back up, I finish the game, last save of the game, lower, same shoulder, lower right corner, great save, everything. Totally destroyed, right? Can never really throw again or anything. And Kobe oh. comes up to me and he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, he's like, it's a charity game. He's like, get out of the way. He's like, and I'm like, I can't, I'm a goalkeeper. <laughs> he's like, and then like, like Jurgen came up and he's just like, I'm like, where the hell were you? I'm like, you're the other goalkeeper on my team. He's like, I wasn't going in. It's <laughs> like, what? He's like, you were having a blinder. I'm not going in. I'm not losing the game. And I was like, awesome, Jurgen. And, and like, John asked if I was getting paid. And I was just like, and I've never played since. I was like, I'm like, that's Jeez. it. Like, drop the mic. I'll walk away on that one. I can't throw anymore. And if my kids ask me to get a goal, I'm like, no, just know that I know how to do it. <laughs> I, I, I want to show this right now. Go ahead, Omar. I mean, I can, I have stories for days, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but I'll say, I'll say one thing to get us back on track. I, uh, I played in that tournament, Mike, in, uh, in Armenia not so long ago, about a year ago, last summer. And I remember it was just like, we played seven games in seven days. So like our whole team was falling apart, groin injuries, hamstrings, all this stuff. My groin was destroyed. But I remember like I played seven, seven straight games in seven days. And I was like, I literally, I literally touched the ball probably like 80% with my feet, finding passes, yeah. getting pass backs, all that stuff. And again, sometimes you have to be put back into those uh, playing scenarios. Cause I think when you're a player, I think 
the match nerves, the big games over the weekend, the training sessions, battling for your spot, you can kind of get caught up in the moment without really thinking about the full process of what, what is a session about? Why is it helping me? Right. Um, all this stuff, stuff like that. And then once you actually get back into it and then you have the full scope of like, okay, I have the experience as a player, but now I have that experience as a coach and then I'm coming back to touch up my, uh, my playing career again. Now you're like, oh my God, well, why am I teaching all this other stuff when like it's literally 90% passing? Like, what am I doing? Well, so I that, it, that, sometimes you need that. I think the thing for me as, as a coach, now I'm always behind my players in the goal. Um, I, heard about, I heard about that. Yeah, they don't like that. Um, <laughs> like depending on the drill and stuff, like I'll be in the goal behind them or behind the goal behind them. Cause I, I need to see the speed of play, um, and everything for myself in a sense, like, and like, I guess maybe move in my mind, even though I'm not in the goal. So like, what would I do? How would I attack and stuff? So I can kind of critique cause you know, the game's sped up, the game's different now. And so kind of like, it's like a virtual way of being in there without having to be in there. Let me yeah. see this video. Okay, so so well, I, I, I know I've ha I've had it up queued up right here. So so basically, you know, one of the one of the things I wanted to showcase is, you know, Gabby, you were talking about, you know, them them seeing you, and you know, being a representation of like, you know, what what you're bringing to training and like, you know, what what you want out of them. One thing I want to show right here in regards to habits that that translate over from from playing to to being a coach is just that never give that never give up that discipline to stay focused even when it might not be the cleanest play. So I kind of want to just start right here. So here's that ball box out. Now you didn't get the cleanest touch to that ball. I, I think you wanted to play that into a better space in that situation right there. But this is what I really love. The second you got down right there, it's that recovery and also the awareness to know where your back post player was covering that space. But you were firmly focused to make sure that that ball did not go in any situation. And for those of you guys who might not be familiar, the Matildas are one of the best teams in the world. You know, Abby Saskia knows this. She's, she, she, she knows that she knows all about Australia and uh, I, you know, Gabby, I think things like this, I think for young kids to see things like this, I think is really important is, is really important. Yeah. That's one of the things that actually I've been talking about with um, one of the other goalkeepers that I've been training with here um, is never giving up on a ball that stuck with me with, from one of my coaches back in the day. That's like, even if a, if a ball's close to the post, and you don't dive or you don't think you're going to get there and you don't dive, you're definitely not going to get there. But if you do, you're at least giving yourself that opportunity to make a big save in case it does actually kind of dip in or surprise you. So mm -hmm. that's something that's, that's kind of stuck with me um, for a long time. I don't even remember which coach told it to me, but that, that I think it might've even been at USF. And he probably wasn't even the best goalkeeper coach I've ever had, but that, no, but, but that but right that, there, Absolutely. It's true. It's yeah. true. It's, it, it drives me crazy when I see players that, oh, you know, they kind of watch it go by because they think they understand that like the, the, they have their angles perfectly and everything and they're and then they're surprised if it hits the post off the post wrong or something. Um, and I'm like, follow the ball, finish the save, you know, and that that I agree with that 100%. It drives me crazy when keepers do that. I love this oh, one right yeah. here. So you came, you came out for what? this ball right here. No, I was gonna say that's that's like the hard part when I train uh, one on one and I train kids by myself. Like I have a young kid who spills rebounds all the time and literally like gets coffee after he spills it. And I'm just like, bro, you're my third session today. Please don't make me have to go chase that rebound back. You need to get like reset, please. But he does, and I literally he makes a save, and I'm like sprinting across the field, and he's like, oh, oh, you actually can do this, and like he gets back into position. I'm like. Why do I have to be the one sprinting 40 yards? I'm like, dude, I told him, I said, hey, I have, I have about two sprints left for me today. It's, it's 
12 o'clock. I've been here since 8 a.m. I got two two sprints left in me. Please don't make me use them. And that's yeah. So I, I mean, sometimes you have to be, you know, put your body at risk to uh, to send a message. Well, so so like th- this is I love this play right here because you're coming out on this ball. You're pretty high. You're pretty high up. You made a play on the ball. You recognize immediately that you need to get back and recover. And it's not where the heck's the ball. It's okay. I'm gonna get back in position. And now look at that recovery save. Are you kidding me? Like, like that could have been a goal right there. On the first save, did she that. go high with the ball? Could be. Yeah, I was bouncing. Yeah. yeah. The thing I like about that is because so many kids today, they come out and they they're doing what they think they're going down first, you know, and here you have to play the ball. Like, where's the ball going? You know? And I love that, you know, it took a ba- bounce up. So you kind of had to go up to come down and stuff like that where kids, you know, they just run, they come out and they do, you know, whatever they think they're supposed to do instead of really analyzing the situation and what's going on. Yeah. Sometimes the, the bouncing balls are, are tricky ones, right? Like that's something that it's always like, do I go? Do I stay? And I don't know, once you make the decision to go, you better get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But I, th- I think that's one of the things, you know, in regards to like, kind of like that, the, like Gabby, you were talking about, you know, yesterday is like, you know, the game is constantly evolving. And Saskia, you bring this up all the time. The game's evolving. If I coached, mm-hmm. like I played, it's going to be a different, different story. Well, you know? I didn't see that. Well, well, you know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know what? You know what I mean. You know what? You no, know what I mean. It, it if, you, if your lo- knowledge, if you your knowledge, they can't stop pass it. the ball back and pick it up anymore. <laughs> Again, right, you're not that old. <laughs> <laughs> we can wear gloves now. Oh, <laughs> um, no, but yes, the game's evolving, which is why I told you I'm always learning. So, yeah. Um, I want to. I want to say this though. You know, I think that the thing is, is that um, one of the things that I think is is really beneficial in regards to when you're still playing Gabby is that you have uh, an empathy for, for the kids. And I think Omar, you know, and, and I don't know, Saskia, how, how you feel about this. Cause I, I think empathy you know, is long gone, man. Empathy is long gone. I can't stand kids. <laughs> Just you push my buttons. I mean, if you're, if you're the first session on a Saturday, it's great. I'm like, Last stop biting him. <laughs> I, th- I think that's something it's that like I tried to work on. <laughs> I, I, I coach in the pal. I used to coach in the Palisades, man. I was just looking around for the nannies. I was like, get this kid. <laughs> you know, it's but, true. I, but I don't know. I mean, for me, it's been something like where I've been trying to work on that because, and it only came to me, I think this summer, actually talking to somebody on the podcast, maybe, or maybe listening to one of Omar's webinars, you know, with the fantastic panels that he had this summer, uh, where I, I recognized, I was like, oh my gosh, I am not, I'm not having empathy for the player. I'm not putting myself in their shoes in the situation that they're going through. But you just had a session, Gabby, you know, two hours earlier. So for you, it's much easier, right? Yeah, it happened to me when I was working at the... So I was working at my club and also with the Goalkeeper Academy here. And um, so, Omar, I was like in the same boat as you, like starting at 8 a.m., finishing around 1 p.m., 2 p.m. And I was like, my body, I would have to like lay down on the couch for this <laughs> Because like one of those hours I would jump in for a session and then I'd get back into the coaching and I was like, holy crap, this session's a lot harder than it looks from when you're on the other side. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. definitely understanding kind of how they're feeling. And I think more so probably in terms of what they feel like before and after a match probably as well, like going through making mistakes and um, learning from them, like the stress or the dealing with nerves and things like that before before big games, dealing with disappointment if they're not getting minutes, things like that, that, um, that I still go through. So it's kind of like, a, a, it makes it, I, I don't know if it makes it easier, but 
Um, I could definitely make it maybe more relatable for, for the kids I'm working with. Just being like, look, I've been there. Um, I understand what it's like. You just kind of have to push through it, keep believing in yourself, keep working, be ready for when your chance comes around. But yeah, I think, I think empathy is an important part of being a person in general. I don't know if it's just, just as a goalkeeper coach, I think yeah. empathy is, is a big part of Absolutely. the way that I try to, to live my life. So I think that, you know, I think it was Omar, maybe Sasuke that mentioned earlier, just bringing about also who you are to coaching. And I think that's, that's part of, I try to have that be part of, of me. So I guess it's, would make sense yeah Sasuke has a world cup i'll take credit for that <laughs> no i mean I sound, you know i'm like a, i'm growing as a coach all the time and i haven't been doing this for that forever um and really to to see that like to bring that part, myself and what i who what i liked what made me succeed from the coaches that coached me like what i took from tony what i took from franz what i took from those guys and and just putting that and bringing my personality into it. Like, I didn't realize I was so like chill, but um, yeah. you know, I'm not a yeller, like, like Omar said. And if I do yell, like everybody Watch stops it. because they're like, Oh my God, what's wrong? Saskia's pissed. But um, it's, that's used. That's not how I coach. And so like learning those things about myself as well, I'm still learning that about myself. I mean, I'm seven, eight months into coaching UCLA for the first time, you know? So, so I'm still learning those things. And um you know, empathy is a big one for sure. But, but I, 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 I go ahead, Omar. No, I think um, to kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to ask you a question, Saskia. I think it will turn into a question, but I think okay. you, you have played at such a high level, right? Obviously uh, your, your resume speaks for itself. And then you're training kids at UCLA now, where again, it's very, very specific people who understand the goals and aspirations of people who are going to, uh, to UCLA, USC, you know, uh, North Carolina, the top, top schools you know what their dreams and aspirations are. So I think it takes somebody who has kind of understood that and understands that path to communicate and articulate certain messages. And I think, think in macro, not just micro, think in the sense of like, okay, what if I tell this, you know, this goalkeeper something, I know she's going to probably play at the next level. So how can I bottle it where I'm not completely killing her in this very moment, but right. building something to no, create, you know, create somebody who's going to be able to uh, withstand and have thicker skin throughout the year. Do you feel like, it is a question now. Do you feel like you have been able to differentiate the kids that you train away from UCLA and then how you message that to the to the girls you train at UCLA now to hopefully give them some piece of information that's going to help them on the building block to, to go pro or to go to the national camp? Yeah, I mean, I think the basis of my co coaching period is is I want them to be able to be self-taught. Self -taught. I, I want... I, I don't want to give them the answers to what they're doing wrong. I want them to learn and be able to give me the answers, period. I want them to turn around and be like, my positioning was off or this or that or the other. And I think that even at the young, you know, the younger level, all the way up and through, I still want to give that to them. I think that, you know, there, there are different challenges with, I'm not going to get into a long thing about there are different challenges with elite goalkeepers, just like there are different challenges with the kids that are beating their head against the tree. So yeah. it's like, <laughs> it's an experience. Very particular. Like, you know, yeah, there was a kid. against the tree. Oh, oh there was a kid. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and so, so I think, but I think that as long as I, there's a core philosophy that I have um, that, that resonates regardless of your age. Totally. Gabby, I got a question for you. Um, do you feel that there's more pressure for you working 
with the goalkeepers at your club that you play for than there is with the goalkeepers independently? Not really. Because it's you different. play for the club? Okay. It's different because the keepers I'm working with are like the community level. So they're not like competitive level goalkeepers. It's kind of like they're all just really new to the game. So, which is also a challenge because I, my experience in the past, the little coaching that I'd done was working with kids that more or less had an idea of what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Now, like starting from the very base with kids that, you know, don't know how to dive. They don't know how to catch properly. They're still learning how to, um, and do you guys call it scoop? The low balls. I just call oh, these well, well, low well, balls. Well, well, we had we had we had a fun conversation with Emily Boyd uh, from the Chicago Red Stars about this. Remember, would I call it a front smother? A, a front smother? Are you trying going down or just bending over and picking it up? Just just like a bending over and picking it up. Just not a not a front ball. smother. Okay. No, a front smother for me. Just or a low ball. Call it forward dive. We used to call them forward dive. Yeah, so. forward dive, front smother, yeah. a I scoop, pick yeah. the damn ball up. Yeah, I have my own. Don't go on your knee. Get off your knee. Get off your knee. Stop going on your knees. (laughs) Unless you're in Mexico where Omar knows that you're just supposed to go on your knees. (laughs) God. Yeah, that's another time. Anyways, (laughs) who posted that? Was it Eric? Einhardt posted that the other day. Why? Or somebody did posted like why goalkeepers shouldn't go on their knees. But it was like from like the EPL. (laughs) It was like something happened. Oh no, the from the weekend. Yeah. No, no, um, the Spanish league. uh, The Cadiz goalkeeper. Oh no! Did you guys see that? Did he go? um, Atletico Madrid. Is that the clip? Like a, he, he went like onto both knees and he's normally yeah. quite a good keeper, but he just had a horrible, like it was not, it, not a good it day. It was a debacle. Thank you day. for correcting me. Yeah. I know. Oh, See, I watch soccer, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Omar, was that your breakdown that, videos? And I, and I saw Schmeichel's <laughs> top and upper corner save too, so. No, I actually, like a few, that's what I'm saying. Things are so, uh, just obviously, like it should make sense when you post them on social media, but people misinterpret it all the time. Like I posted a video about how, you know, uh, Inter Milan takes their goal kicks now where the center back, the left center back will stand on the corner of the six and play the ball to the goalkeeper in the middle of the, of the goal just so that they can't force the ball to one side. And I put in my little caption, I said, why, why are center backs taking goal kicks? And all these people DM me and parents DM me like, oh my God, the, the players on our team, they always want to take my son's goal kicks or daughter's goal kicks. And I'm like, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the, new, the, new, the new goalkeeper rule and how you play it to the middle. I don't care. I know your son or daughter can probably kick the ball too. I'm not going to like you know, reach out to your, the coach and be like, hey guys. Um, yeah, I so it's just like some people. Literal, they take it. They, you know, oh my God. You got to give a complete explanation. I know. Can't leave oh. it to, can't leave, leave it to other people's brains. Oh my gosh. Gabby, I don't know about you, but now, now that you've started your coaching journey, the, the number one question I get like eight and nine year olds is, can you teach my son or daughter how to take goal kicks? It's like literally the number one. And I'm like, well, first off, you guys have that build out. You have that, that build outline. So they can't boot the ball up the field anyway. So like, what exactly are you, are you trying to, do you need me to tell, teach your kid how to strike a ball? Is that what you're saying? Like, cause. Oh, my favorite is when the, field, when the field coach tells me to do it. Hey, you know, little Joey can't kick a goal kick. I'm like, and the rest of your team can't cross the ball. I'm like, so maybe you need to start working on some services with your team and, and not let me take my entire goalkeeper session, which I get them once a week to tri- tri- teach them something that they should be learning with you when they're with you three times a week. Oh, I got yeah. it. Mike, I, I think that, that, I like that response. 
Mike, that comes back to your point about empathy earlier it's on. True. I think one of one of like the biggest things as a, as a as a young coach, reminding myself that it took me hours and hours and hours of being on the field and repetitions to get that technique hammered in. And sometimes I can feel not pressure, but you know, uh, I post on social media. People uh, in my in my own head, like people know me as like the coach who is going to get the best out of their keepers. That's the pressure I put on myself. And then when I have sessions where the kids don't. I guess, excel, or they take a step back one session, they're great. The next session, they're not. I put that a lot of pressure on myself and I'm like, but realistically, you can't be so, you have to be empathetic to the fact that these kids aren't going to get it the day of, not the next week, not the next week after that. They're going to get it over and over a course of period of time. So for us coaches too, it's like, we put so much pressure on ourselves to get how, to get the same image of how we look in that moment when really we're work in progress over time. And we need to give ourselves a little bit more, more benefit of the doubt get ourselves and get those kids up to up to speed up to that level so give yourself a little bit more time and i think that's one thing is for me is like empathetic to the players to get themselves up to speed but for us as well to continuously don't don't get uh, discouraged about putting them in that environment because they didn't get it the first time keep putting them over and over and over and they'll figure it out and i think that's how we were with our uh, with our goalkeeper coaches wow so, so succinct omar no story i was blown away <laughs> Oh, no, I have stories. If you want to hear some more stories, oh. I got <laughs> We're good. We're going to have to Real do quick. a whole two-hour two hour episode. We should just okay. interview Omar one day. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I'm going to tell you this story that, that I have to go. That I, I, have, I, have training, I have training at four. I have training at four. No, but go fast. 30 seconds, 30 seconds. Sachi, I guarantee you, I, you should try this at your next session at UCLA. Okay. My goalkeeper coach, I've said this before on the podcast, but it's probably buried somewhere in like past episodes. I, yeah, I guarantee coach, I'll have, you'll send it to me tonight. <laughs> <laughs> my, my goalkeeper coach, he used to tell us, he said, look guys, I, I, how many Hispanic goalkeepers are in the Premier League? And we'd say, uh, not many, probably not, none at all. He's like, and how many, how many Americans are in the Premier League? And we're like, a uh, handful. He's like, well, then you tell me, is it best to put your knee down on a smother or is it best to keep yourself slightly up so you can have the opportunity to adjust if it takes a bounce? And we're all like, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it's probably the, the American way, right? And he's like, Omar, do me a favor. Get on, get on both knees real quick. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have you chase me on both of your knees around this 18 yard box. <laughs> My, if you so much, if you so much, if you so much as touch my leg, anything, any part of my body, I will get on the phone as we speak and I'll call every school in the country and I'll get you a full ride to wherever you want to go. Do you want to try that? And I was like, honestly, you know what? There's a lot to win here. Let me try it. And it was, it was the worst thing I could have ever done. It's like that little, the little uh, potato sack that you're doing at like the, the state yeah. fairs or whatever. Yeah. It was like that. And it was just so embarrassing. Cause I mean, I was very close to getting it, but I never did, but still that's the, the Sometimes coaches do the craziest things. I know. I will tell you, I was, I, because if my girls are watching, I was referring to the younger kids. <laughs> oh. My, my, yes, the UCLA girls don't put their knees on the ground. <laughs> they also probably don't smack their head against trees, but no. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Or bite the other player. Or I, had, I had that problem too. And the parent, parents, parents of your UCLA junior, players don't, don't contact you asking you to work the little, on the goal kicks. Ones. So. The little, little ones. Uh -huh. That was a nightmare. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, well, Omar, we'll let you, we'll let you get to your session. We'll, we'll wrap up with, with, with Gabby here. Um, Gabby, you know, one, one right. of the fun things that what we've been talking about. Guys, can I say bye? I mean, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, if you want, if you want. I, I was trying to give you a simple exit, You're like you know? shuffling all over the place. <laughs> no, sorry. Sorry. Uh, Gabby, nice to meet you. All the best. Thanks. It's, it was great to, to chat with you and, and get to, to hear back. Keep up. I love the, 
the highlights that we do with the goal, just the goalkeepers. Like I think that's uh, the, the other day it was the what was the match? It was Barca Barca oh. Kiev. Like I watched the highlights that they put together, and of course they left out like sixty percent of the saves. I was like, this match is just as a goalkeeper. It was like finally getting to enjoy just. Look a spectacle you. of goalkeeping. That's right. That's right, guys. I'll so, tell you this. Enjoy, enjoy it while I, enjoy it while I'm still single, okay? Because once I find a girlfriend, I have no time for that now. Wait, what happened? Oh, we. I told talk. you what happened. Oh yeah. <laughs> Wait, the calorie in, calorie out, girl. No, that was from college, way back okay. in the day. <laughs> okay, no, I know, I know the other story. Sorry. Oh. Celsius, I'll call you in 20 minutes. All right. <laughs> I, need, I need, I need a good, I need a good, I need a good cry before my session. All, all right. right, guys, I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye, Omar. Oh my God. Oh boy, we just so. Gabby, by the way, you just stroked Omar's ego. The fact that you just oh, keep bringing he is up on top all, of the world right now. He's all his clips. He's like, he's like, <laughs> but it's, and I just, I thought, I thought, when do we get to watch clips that are just the, like the goalkeeper's interventions? Actually, like, I think it's, it's really helpful as a, as a goalkeeper. To, to when we first started, when I first came on to working with Mike on the show, that's what we used to do was that we used to analyze, um, uh, like EPL, just we used to focus on the saves, what led up to saves or goals and stuff like that. It was just goalkeeping stuff. And then with coronavirus, we kind of morphed into more of a one-on-one talk show, which I really like too. So, yeah. I'm, enjoy- I'm really enjoying this. So it's, it's yeah. fun. No, I, I mean, you I, had to, like you had Karen Bardsley on here not too long ago. For me, uh-huh. she's like one of my idols. So it's like when we when we played them in the World Cup, the first thing I did after the match, can I trade jerseys? <laughs> nice. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, no, she's she's amazing. A great. I have I have Gal's jersey from the nice. final. Cool. Because I, we I, had I, the same number. Bryce probably likes the Oscar <laughs> jersey. <but laughs> Whatever. Honestly, honestly, one of the really cool things, you know, Gabby, about this, and then I'm sure like the like I love how the audience is like multiplied now, and they're like they're gonna come in and it's gonna like start going down. Yep, three, two, one. No, um, because uh. <laughs> No, is it, one of the things is I love is that the fact is that when we actually see all these goalkeepers around the world, like you're in Australia, you know, and you're watching our content and you're listening to our shows or whatever. And, you know, it's just such a community and, you know, and, and it's obviously something where we have something in the works that we're trying to put together. And then I think it's one of the reasons why it's so important for us as a goalkeeping community to stick together and, and to not think one person is higher than another person and that we can learn from each other. And that's, I think one of the things that, that Suska and I have really strived, you know, and Omar as well on, on the show is different voices on the show, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's not always like some EPL goalkeeper or MLS goalkeeper or whatever. Mm-hmm. We want to share different stories, whether it's a goalkeeper or coach down the street, you know, because yeah. all of us can learn from each other, you know? Yeah. So, I think that's yeah. cool. I think, especially in our position and, and even in, from what I've seen in coaching, like it's a position that you have so many expectations placed upon you, but a lot of times they don't give you all the resources or the support that you need to do what you're, what you need to do. So I think if like, if we can't support ourselves to do so, like, I think that it's, it's hard to expect others who haven't been in, in the same boat to, to understand. Um, so, yeah, I think that having these sorts of resources and, and chats are, are important to, to keep, to hold each other up and to, yeah, I think, goalkeeping has progressed a lot and like in the women's game the way that um like people are shocked to see how well goal, like the female goalkeepers are actually playing and it's like well they get goalkeeper coaching now wow can you imagine yeah. what that's like <laughs> i mean it's there was something i saw on twitter the other day about the the women's super league and how great the goalkeeping's been and like one of the i think it was one of the um 
one of the journalists who's been covering women's football for a while and she's like oh can you imagine like how how they could be much better now that they actually have goalkeeper coaches on the staff like yeah. wow crazy right go, go go kick in the corner yeah exactly it's a, it's, it's a position that's it's complicated and i think and i tell you know and i used to get on my i used to get on my club coaches or owners for that because i would get a lot of heat on the weekend and you'll see this when you're as you're coaching club and stuff like number one a lot of the kids that you get that play goal like you said you kind of like it kind of happened to end up playing goal in a sense. Like I started playing cause I was like the most athletic and you know, it was fearless. Um, so put Saski in goal. So I think that, you know, some of the kids you get in club and stuff are the kids that maybe they're not the, like, they're not, they don't have the best touch on the ball. Like you said and stuff like, okay, well, you know, you're, you're kind of tall. Okay. So here you have these kids that have been playing with their feet for a really long time. And now you're getting a kid that you have to teach how to catch and you have to teach how to play goalkeeper. And the team is progressing at a different pace because now this person's learning all these new skills, but the coaches can't seem to understand why the goalkeeper isn't at the same level already as the field players. And you're like, maybe because they've been playing goal for a year or not even. And maybe because I can only, I only have me training them once a week and the, you're training the field players you know, well, they're in goal when they're training field. No, you're do, they're shot stopping. You're putting the kid up there and they still don't know what they're doing. And you're just blasting them into the back of net. That's not playing goal. And so, you know, coaches out there, not, number one, goalkeeper coaches, stay strong and stand up for yourself. But number two, field player coaches out there, like, hey, put on the brakes for a second. You know, these are, these are kids that are learning a new skill and that you're taking that a lot of them were field players and trying to turn them into goalkeepers. Some of them, it, it's great. And they will be great goalkeepers but they're not at this, they, they have to have time to catch up and period. Sorry. Like, like how, how common is it that, I mean, with the elite clubs, yeah, they pick and choose and they bust somebody in, like you said, from an hour and a half away, which your parents didn't want to do. I mean, I used to drive, drive to Long Island from New Jersey um, to play. So, so, but not everybody can do that. So, you know, I don't know. It's just uh, everybody's got to slow down a little bit. Stop putting so much heat on goalkeepers. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's almost. I mean, if you compare like our position, obviously, to the rest, it's you're not playing a different sport, but almost. Like if you think about like all the different <laughs> yeah. skills that you have to have as a goalkeeper, and then on top of that, now there's the expectation that you're going to have to be as good with your feet <laughs> as field players. Yep. So it's like also coaches, if you're doing like rondos or if you're playing like. <laughs> you know, keep away and involve the keepers in that. And I say that all the time. I said, like, keepers should be around us. Absolutely. It's not the same, like receiving a back pass when we're, when we're just training goalkeepers and we're like, okay, control pass, control pass. It's like, okay, Rondo, you actually get some pressure and that's more, that's a lot more game realistic. And it gives you that confidence of playing under pressure. Wait, hold on. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I'm pulling back up our Facebook. <laughs> um, but I'm like, and, and Mike knows I'm a firm, firm, firm believer. Um, in um in sorry <laughs> mike knows i'm a firm believer. facebook feed is getting blown up facebook for saskia right now getting blown up and i i had turned it off because i was going to read something um <laughs> i'm done honey but um mike knows that i'm a firm believer that goalkeepers need to be put into pressure situation and into rondos and um also because then your field players become comfortable playing them the ball 
So it's not a second thought. It's like, oh, you know, boom, 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 Rondo, you know, one, two touch. And you don't even think I'm passing it to, to Jen or I'm passing it to Kim or something like that. You're just part of it. And so there is no like, well, I don't want to pass it back. She's not that good with her feet that you don't even think that way. So it's like getting your entire team used to the goalkeeper in that pressure situation. Now, do I want the goalkeepers taking people on that close? No. Uh, (laughs) I I still have... Yeah, I, I'm more old school in that way. I'm like, if I've got two forwards coming at me, I'm just going to play it out. Like, why? Yeah. Like, just pick it out of the, the upper deck. The day, yeah, my job is <laughs> to not let the ball go in there. So if that means just like playing the ball in the stands, I'm going to play the ball in the stands. But Yeah, and I think that's an important thing as coaching is like, you can't, like, I'll be like, that was the most unrealistic thing I've ever seen. Like, you know, you're under pressure. I get we're playing small-sided or even like semi-small-sided would you do that in a game? Like put the ball into the stand, learn to fight another day, bring your team back on, on defense. Like, don't do, don't do it behind the back and try to go out the other side. No, man, you're not impressing not. me. No, you're <laughs> so, giving me a heart attack. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, you'll see me over there like this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, well, <laughs> I'm throw a cold on a second. I'll be all right in a second. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So and, then, gonna, like, I know- and then Amanda will look at me and Amanda will look at me and I'll be like, I didn't teach her that. I don't know where she learned that from. <laughs> Watching too many of Omar's videos. I think. No, we're good. No, I uh, wanted to read the camp before we ended. That's oh, yes, I, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So before uh, before we go, we're, and Gabby, we're def- definitely going to plug you right there because I think there's a, a lot of maybe people who might be in the same position as yourself who they've, they're have they just, uh, you know, finishing up playing and they've, they've gotten into coaching and, you know, it might be good to bounce some ideas off. Um, but Saskia's got a big announcement first uh, on, on some camps that are starting up. Um, yes, hold on. Uh, yeah, we had, I was just had it too. Just <laughs> for a second. I just wanted to get all the info right. So um, we're doing um, a, a virtual camp, uh, myself and Amanda for um, from UCLA. So field player, co- field player and goalkeepers. Um, so still time to sign up. It's only for um, it's fifth through eighth grade boys and girls. Um, goalkeepers, field players, like I said, and um, you can sign up at uclasoccer.com backslash CSA backslash. And then um, it's no, it's November 11th, 14th, 18th, and the 21st. So go on and check out the times. Um, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome because, you know, with, with Corona and with everything, really haven't been able to, you know, be with the young players and be with the up and comers. And, you know, summer camp is something that I love and, you know, I'm director of camps for UCLA and I missed seeing all the kids and I missed like all the different age groups and all the different levels and just that whole experience of them, you know, being at the school. And, you know, I I remember camp when I was a kid. So, you know, we're trying to like do this as best as we can and just reach out to, to those kids that are probably starving for it as well. That didn't get to go anywhere and are still pseudo on lockdown and have no real sports going on right now so definitely check it out we'll also post it on the website and everything yeah it's this wednesday so hurry up (laughs) but there's other 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 ones you can you can do anyone you want or you can sign up for all four so yeah we'll uh we'll get it going well well, gabby where's the best place for people to reach out to you if they if they want to sign up for the ucla uh goalkeeper camp (laughs) Reach out to me. Okay. Well, I live in the future, so the eleventh is tomorrow. So hurry up, guys. <laughs> Get on that. It's a good point. <laughs> oh, no, where can where can any of our if you have anybody wants to check you out on um, yeah. social media and everything? Oh yeah. Um, 
Instagram, I think it's just Gabby Garton with one, one B. So G-A-B-Y-G-A-R-T-O-N. And then on Twitter, which I use occasionally, it's uh, Gabby, again, G-A-B-Y underscore Garten. And yeah, Facebook, um, I don't really use it all, but uh, if they someone needs my email address, um, <laughs> usually what I use more for work, but yeah, I would say probably social media is the best bet, I think. That we laugh Instagram, about that Twitter. because like I love like Facebook's my favorite thing and like it's taken Michael's had to like twist my arm to get on Twitter and like but my Instagram blew up so I was excited about that too. I don't have my blue check mark though. Whatever. And Yo, how do you not have a blue check? I don't know. They keep denying me. I don't know what the, what the deal is. Wait, they deny you? They denied me. You can literally send medals in the mail back to them. Like, I don't I know, know what else to do, what you could do know. to verify that you're Saskia Weber. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. We'll have to, to protest it or something. Angel City's going to have to get involved in that. They're going to, they should, they should be able to do something about that to verify, verify <laughs> you. Um, well, guys, remember, contact at insidethe18media.com if you have a guest suggestion or a topic suggestion or at Goalkeeper Podcast on all social media platforms. That's all the time on the best storytelling show that, uh, that's, at 2 <laughs> that's at 2 p.m. on Mondays uh, inside the 18, guys, and we are out later. We need, like, to put music to it. Yeah.